Welcome to another, well, hopefully semi-exciting episode of Star Trek Europa. This is going to be a Q&A. There will be spoilers for this, so uh, if you don't want any spoilers for the story upcoming, uh, skip this one. Um, I, this was a requested episode for a lot of people that we were talking that were on iTunes, uh, a couple people on... Um... Oh, hey, nice. Evelyn is a new follower. Um, hey! The uh, it gets loud in my ear and shows me on the screen, but I, I don't know if you guys hear it. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, this was a, uh, this episode was requested by some people, some some fans on iTunes, um, as well as a couple of people on the Discord were asking about uh, at one point asking me about doing this episode. So here we are. Um, we are obviously we're missing John uh, as he is doing uh, adult things Teaching like things. A, like a person should be doing. I don't know. It's or the hail. Loser. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. Uh, Jack, you're the top of the, the list, so you can go ahead and start us off. Oh, hello. Uh, I am Jack. Uh, you can find me over at my own channel, uh, twitch.tv slash the people's ascension, and also on YouTube under the same name. Uh, generally, we just kind of do hangout shows every uh, multiple days throughout the week, but the main event for my show is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign series that takes place every Saturday at 2pm Eastern Time. We just kicked off a new chapter of that story. We are far away in a desert province chasing a necromantic cult and trying to find uh, an ancient queen before they can resurrect her. So it's all kinds of uh, new culture, new places, new monsters to check out. So if you're interested in some fantasy to go along with sci-fi we do here, go and, uh, go and check that out. Uh, and over, while I'm here and doing Star Trek stuff, I am playing the first officer, Commander Irani Ambrose. As well as a myriad of other side yes, characters. Yes, yes, that's, that's the main <laughs> right. character. Uh, I, I also have, of course, Tong, who seems to be a, a, a favorite of everybody. Uh, everybody loves Tong, in, including myself. Uh, we have the SSH Mark I Quartermaster, who had one really good, really, really cool episode, and then his memory was shunted off to a space station, so none of that actually happened for the main <laughs> character. Uh, maybe we can get that reintegrated at some kind. Uh, and of course, Jisa Shijin, a, a fighter pilot with no fighter craft. Right. <laughs> because we thought that one through. Um, and we got Tong and Ambrose and the SSH. And oh, Tong is way over there on the side. You can figure that yeah, out. There we go. He's hiding. And then uh, Jisa. So there, there there's go. also there's also Vren, my my Vulcan uh, anthropologist, and um, 
and Ranul Al Samar, my counselor, but we haven't really seen them yet. Right. I don't think we've had either one of them in any scenes yet, I don't think. Vren was, you know, in the background of some science meeting for like two minutes, but that's about it. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I don't even know where the other character's thing is, so. All right. Oh, Ron, Ron. Yeah, that's this one. This guy? Yeah. Yeah, all right. There we go. So those are all the characters that Jack plays. Uh, next up on the list, we've got um, Brian. Hi, my name is Brian. He, him. Uh, you can't find me anywhere else because I'm a ghost. Um, but I am playing, um, in this game, I am playing Captain Jorad Hage, the um, commander of the <laughs> officer of the USS Europa. I am also playing, um, uh, I am also playing. Oh, uh, it's been so long you don't remember? Isabeth. I'm trying to figure out which order to go with. Should it be by rank? Okay. Uh, I am also playing Yezabeth, the uh, uh, sensor tech. Um, uh, it, it, well, I should say a sensor tech. Um, uh, Kostra, who is the chief engineer. Uh, and I am also playing um, Koba, the uh, burly security officer. And then uh, Malini Silva, the, uh, the other shuttle pilot. There we go. All right. A nice. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Koba. I like Koba a lot. So Koba is fun. Good. Um, all right, Evelyn, you're up. I'm Evelyn. Uh, you can find me, but then I'd have to kill you. I am playing Doctor Dasavi Onayet. That's none of my people. I know. I hit the okay. wrong button. <laughs> I'm like I don't I'm... I don't know who that is. That's not me. Uh, I am also playing Rebecca O'Connor, who is my science officer, and Fiona Mills, who is my security officer, and Teketh, who is definitely totally not a Romulan bartender. Right. That's all the ones you got? You don't have a fifth one? That's it. Oh, I, I was the by. underachiever, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, John is playing everybody else that I'm not playing. So Everybody else. Yeah, everybody else. Like uh, Vega and Costa Negra. I don't know how to pronounce that character's name. What is it? Shibara Navith? Is that the one? Adriana Shibara Neva. <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> um, I am also playing uh, Daphne. Uh, she was the one who. Oh, I forgot about Daphne. All right, Daphne. There you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. I, I, whoops. Uh, yeah, my, she is a, one of the nurses. Yeah, I clicked on that one, and it was not Evelyn. So, no. <laughs> um, all right. As we said, there's going to be spoilers going forward from here. So, uh, again, if you don't want to have any spoilers, um, now is a good time to to pop out and um, you know not get them. Um, so, when we last left our intrepid adventurers, uh, there had been a Klingon kerfuffle, um, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yes, Klingon kerfuffle. No, that's perfect. Do not change that. um there had been uh some news that uh maybe Worf had been killed um or at least the ship he was on was destroyed um and the duras family as well as their related allies had um overtaken the empire in some fashion or another um and we discovered that martok was still alive um we we did see martok at the end of the second uh, the last adventure that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about what 
what we've seen over the course of the season so far and what we like, what we don't like, um, things we look forward that we're looking forward to that we'd like to see expanded on, anything like that. Any anything from any of the episodes we've gone through all the way back to deep to Deep Space Nine to now. Um, anybody that wants to go ahead and talk about anything like that. Um, I guess Jack, really, like what so far has been your favorite moment in the campaign? Uh, oh man, I mean that that's such a broad question, to it be is. honest. Um <laughs> I mean, it, I I really like our our after session debriefings that we do, and I I can answer like week by week what my favorite moment is like every episode. But trying mm-hmm. to pick out a, a single a single point uh, is, is difficult. I right. I do feel like we had a really strong start. I really enjoyed the episodes on on DS Nine. Uh, I think it got to show off a lot of what uh, a lot of where Ambrose was coming from and where he wanted to go. And I think through no fault of anybody, uh, not, not you as the GM, not any of the players, not, not myself, uh, Ambrose has kind of had a backslide in that department mm-hmm. uh, the longer we've gone forward. And I'd, I would like to see that resolved, but that's something to talk about in the future. Sure. Um, there's some things I'd like to do with us going back to Deep Space Nine at some point because mm-hmm. I left a couple of threads hanging there that I think mm-hmm. could be interesting. Like we talked about uh, the the Kai actually was told, uh, well, I think Ambrose, right? Ambrose, she wanted Kai to, Ambrose to come back and have a, a an orb experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I may have to have something like that come up. And I, I would love to get back to DS9. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the Good. Kai can come out to you guys. I don't know. Yeah, we could tie it in. Maybe there's a Bajoran colony this far out. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm not opposed to us moving away from the area occasionally too. Like it doesn't mm. bother me. Like right. the Enterprise moved all over the place for no reason. We couldn't figure it out. <laughs> there was no rhyme or reason to where they were in the universe. <laughs> it made sense why they were doing it, but there was no rhyme or reason to where they were in the universe. Right, right, right. So, um, what do you got, Brian? And what is any moment that stands out that that you're reminded of when you think about the game that that really stands out to you? Ooh, um. So, I mean, I love how many different story arcs we have, or character arcs we have going on. Uh, you know, like, uh, they're pretty much every character. I have, I have a favorite scene with every character. Mm-hmm. And it, asking me to pick one above the others are uh, a little like uh, picking my own children. Um, <laughs> like, what storyline are you lo- most looking forward to going forward? Like, what's, what character's storyline are you, are you most excited about? I am definitely most excited about what we have planned for the Hage symbiote. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, this is a spoiler alert, uh, extra super secret spoiler alert. But when I created this character, I had it set. I wanted to explore the idea of a symbiote receiving, being put into a new host and like how they're changed from who they were before. And what happens if people knew one symbiote and have to adjust to the new one? Mm-hmm. You saw a little bit of that in Deep Space Nine, but to be honest, I, in my opinion, it could have been explored further. So I'm interested in exploring that with Jorad. And yeah, I am really looking forward to exploring that. And that's that's definitely the thing I'm looking forward to most. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why we're taking this sort of, the short break that we're taking now is because we're getting closer to where that might have happened. And I didn't want to really throw the game into turmoil with one player down um although we may still do that um, there's still a lot to do before we get there so we'll see where where we get um i've been writing a lot so hopefully 
um, something that I've written I can throw in, <laughs> in before we get to that point because it's a little ways away. Um, Evelyn, what about you? What What's your thoughts on things? Um, <clears throat> I think kind of like Jack and Brian have said, it's really hard to pick just one or even just really a handful. Um, I think the ones that come to mind are probably the more recent pieces. Um, I really want to see the Dasavi Ambrose connection that we've got going where, mm -hmm. where that goes. Um, cause I've been having fun with that telepathy piece. Um, I really want to see Dasavi and, um, Daphine come to a place of understanding. I like this friction and we haven't gotten to play with it more because you know you don't spend a whole lot of time in the med bay um but i'd, I'd like need to, to get see in more that play out. <laughs> yeah no, no 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 well you're at war with the klingons now so right <laughs> every day is gonna be a firefight um and i had another one. Oh, um i've got some stuff with mills that like that meeting your heroes kind of stuff that she's she's gonna be dealing with with all the recent um, Ambrose kind of going off the rails there for a minute. I'm curious to see how Ambrose is going to handle being back in a war type situation mm -hmm. with the Europa being one of the only few ships in the area. There's definitely going to be some disputed territory out here. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to get to see some some wartime Ambrose and, yeah. and some wartime Hage really too. Like mm -hmm. we're. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been I've been binging DS9, the later the later seasons of DS9. So I'm I got it up here. Right. I, I've been I watching... think the first thing is going to be a big "I told you so" party. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a bunch of the episodes that that really fit into that because I into DS9 DS9 as well because I want to capture some of that flavor. Um, mm. I don't want to get quite that. Uh, I always felt the DS9 had a little bit too much. Uh, of the CGI space battles that don't really mean anything. The the CGI armies being flung at each other. I like it. There's a lot of good tension it. and stuff, but um, there's a couple of points, especially in season seven, where it's like, and you did that, why? Um, especially near the end of season seven, where ships get blown up for no reason. Like, no reason at all, because they're back at an episode later, you know? It, I don't know. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do the story, if you're going to if you're going to do something like that, you need to make that stick. Like if the NX, if the if the Europa blows up, I guarantee you it's not coming back the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> time travel, maybe I don't know, but um, there's a whole other Europa we've encountered. Yeah, it's, you guys know how to go to black holes now, certain black holes and and, <laughs> and not get crushed by them. We, at least we go to an alternate universe, we hijack their ship, we bring that back to our universe. Yeah. Um, that definitely doesn't have any moral implications. Well, we can rescue the one trapped a thousand years into a singularity because that certainly won't have any problems associated with it. Right. right. I, I would really enjoy going through the storyline that I actually had for the Eva on that ship mm -hmm. at some point because I had story stuff for if you guys went over there and dealt with that Eva, um, which obviously we didn't do, which is totally fine. I, I'm fine with totally skipping stuff for the sake of being intelligent. Um <laughs> Because going to that ship would not have been a smart thing to do. <laughs> but uh, I was interested in seeing what if you guys would do it. Because it was the Star Trek thing to do. Going to that ship was the Star Trek thing to do. Maybe not the smart thing, but the Star Trek thing. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny you should bring that up. Because I actually did want to talk about that. Um, 
it seems like sometimes we err on the side of doing the smart thing to do when it's not necessarily the most interesting thing to do, nor the Star Trek thing to do. Mm. Um, I'll admit I was talking with some friends today and I expressed a little bit of my frustration with the fact that like Paige has, every time I leave the bridge, I feel like I get yelled at, you know, in character. And like, <laughs> I really enjoyed the pushback on that episode, but it did end with me promising to never do it again. Right. So like it, you know, and like I was what I was watching. I have also been watching Deep Space Nine because it's good stuff. And like I've been noting every time that Cisco goes and does something, and I'm like, well, Cisco goes and does something. Why can't he? <laughs> um, yes. By comparison, how <laughs> many times is that compared to everyone else on the ship? Most a of the lot. time, he stays where he's a supposed lot. to stay. Oh, no. He does it a lot. No, yeah. Actually, Cisco does leave the ship a lot. But my yeah. rebuttal is, Cisco is one of the most best fit military minds of the war, and Hage is a hundreds of year old old man. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's Ambrose's opinion, anyways. I think you're doing him a little bit of disservice there. He hasn't done any. Has he done anything that has like made him seem tactically incompetent? And it, you can't from, say from a Star Trek perspective or from a gamer perspective. From a Star Trek, right. perspective. because no, we're playing from, Star Trek. Uh, right. You, no. Do you do you remember that time on the ship when there was an ensign in the captain's seat? <laughs> I mean, because everybody count. else was on a space station full of murderous robots that how I often, warned how, the captain against multiple times. That wasn't times. him who told. That wasn't him who put him in the captain's seat. So that you get, possible. you got, you got four major characters in, in the original series, right? You've got Scotty, Spock, uh, Kirk, and McCoy. Everybody else in that ship does not matter. And how often do those four go on every away team mission? Or at least three of those four are on every away team mission. I I have no problem with it being that way. Like, there's probably, there's bound to be, there's bound to be a lieutenant or a lieutenant commander somewhere on that ship that is commanding that, commanding when you're not there. Mm. Um, part of the reason, so, as long as we're on the topic, part of the reason I, I wanted to do the ship, th this game with such a heavy AI in, uh, element um, on the Europa was because I wanted to have that small crew feeling, right? The Europa's a pretty big ship. It's the, oh my goodness, the lunar class, the Luna class uh, ships are fairly large and they have a, a sizable crew, but I wanted something that was more like the Voyager size crew, which is about where we're at, is uh, the size mm -hmm. of the Voyager. Um, part of that was to help increase the, the tension when you've got a smaller crew, um, it makes it easier to have small storylines that are going on. Um, and the one of the reasons that you guys are playing so many characters is to help build out that, flesh out that crew. Uh, it just so happens that most of the side characters you guys are playing are low-ranking because they're that's the way the rules work for the main low-ranking characters, the lower-decks type characters. Um, one thing that I had not anticipated, though, was normally I tend to run more of the crew NPCs. And there really hasn't been room for that because there's been so many, you know, your characters have so many storylines and stuff. I don't want to throw a lot more in with NPCs because they're not needed. Their story that you guys are doing. Um, if I, it helps make the story feel better, I have a number of NPC stories, especially for Ambrose to deal with, that are like, these two people are fighting on the ship or these two, you know, there's this thing going on over here and like first officer level stuff to deal with. Um 
but I hadn't done any of it because I didn't feel like we needed it. So yeah, um, I I I literally quit a game because there were too many NPCs. Mm. Uh, you know, I was playing this game and like the GM made all the supporting characters, and half the time we just ended up having to play the supporting characters all the time. Mm. Uh, so. You know, I appreciate that you allowed us to create supporting characters and play them uh, out rather than using NPCs. Yeah. Well, it's an extension of what you were doing for your game, actually. You had us all make a secondary character. Um, and I liked the idea, so I kind of wanted to go with that. And my my Lexington game that we don't record and we don't, like, it's just a game that we're playing for friends, or were, it's, on, it's been on hold for a while. But um, that game... No one has a secondary character, like nobody, and it ends mm, up. We've getting... got a couple. Do you like? They don't... Well, yeah, that's true. There, there's a couple that have come in over time, but yeah, we've been playing that game for three and a half, four years, and there's like three or four secondary characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have played a lot, of, uh, a significant number more NPCs, and I kind of wanted to step back from that for this and and give you guys a chance to tell the stories you want to tell and give you a palette that is much wider, much broader to tell more stories. Um, but again, if we want to get into having like, you know, talking about the sub characters that are there, like the, you know, the, the second in command of ops or whatever, that is mm-hmm. not a PC. That guy, character can be brought up occasionally and just referenced. Um, mm-hmm. If it makes well, it feel like there's more depth to the crew, I, get, I don't have to have them have storylines, I... but they can be involved a little bit just to give the ship a feeling of more depth. I don't think that's really necessary. And I think that I feel like incidents where, you know, the ensigns at the helm, I thought that made for a really good story. I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Made Ambrose mad, but I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) I mean, I I also want to point out, soon enough, Ambrose is going to be in command. And do you really want Ambrose to never leave the ship? I've I've actually been grappling with that. Okay, then why don't we just agree that this is Star Trek and then the captain's allowed to go do things? Well, see, the the problem with this is Star Trek is that every season is drastically different. Mm -hmm. And I've I've always been... That's what I mean. Every every series is drastically different. Uh, And I've always... Or or for most of my Star Trek viewing experience, I've I've leaned heavily towards the next generation era, Mm -hmm. which is drastically different than the DS9 era and the Voyager era. And and there there is precedence to say that the captain does go on away missions but it's usually only on the most serious of away missions or away missions that they have a personal stake in and there usually is some sort of backlash from somebody a first officer or an admiral uh whoever there somebody is like this is a bad decision and the captain has to be like i know but i'm doing it anyway it's definitely a flavor of a of next gen what i'm what what i'm tr- i to be honest i probably threw it on a little hard <laughs> with ambrose <laughs> but he was also going through some stuff and he was mad at you for other reasons as well <laughs> um so he laid it on pretty thick uh but I, I i think it just comes down to the trajectory that the narrative of this story goes down because the narrative of next generation is drastically different from the narrative of voyager and ds9 and if it comes to a point where i think and we've said before, I, I've said before, I pretty much toss out the original series, which I know is Star Trek heresy, but I disregard <laughs> it as nonsense. Um, but I, I think if we get into a point where it, it, it seems like it's necessary 
and beneficial for the captain to be around. And it makes sense for the captain to be to be around by around. I mean, at off of the ship on on away missions. Then I, I think it would make sense. But I don't think, and and by extension, or 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 maybe more appropriately, Ambrose didn't think it was necessary for the captain to be around when he was there. I think if uh, if if Hage waited for the all clear instead of insisting he go when he did, it probably wouldn't be as big of a deal. But- but then he waits until the story's over. Right. I mean, the, perhaps, you know, perhaps. Yeah, like, if, I, I, if I would say, like to. There, would there like is to one thing I can do. Multiple plot lines. I would like there right. to be uh, an away mission plot line and a and a ship plot line because that's how it was kept interesting mm-hmm. in right. the next generation. There should be things for the captain to do on the ship. That's right. where the diplomacy. And that's where the main of the diplomacy that we were takes place. earlier There's in the series. We problems that takes place. Right. There's there's problems with the crew that takes place and the, the right. captain should be able to have a storyline on the ship about the ship uh, about within the ship about being with but multiple I, with multiple ships while other other people right. are on the ground <laughs> but i don't want his entirety of every adventure to be him being on the ship waiting sure. for something to come to him there there is definitely more i can do and it's one of the things that i did earlier in the series uh, that I have not been as as successful with later in the series, which is having the split storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about how that really does help with the pacing of the story, um, and it is it is essential to doing a Star Trek television series, right? You need to have an A plot, a B plot, maybe a C and D plot even. Um, and it could be, I mean, I can run, we can run stories where like, Hage is a many lifetimed creature who has experience in a wide berth of areas so there are definitely reasons we can have have hage go down on a, a mission and leave ambrose on the ship to deal sure, with sure. stuff mm-hmm. that's going on and, like, and that that is another good point if you want to go down uh, well I, I, maybe now that, that yeah, mills see, you, is you, uh you now, now that mills now that now that mills is starting 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 to show off a bit more if uh but but you're right early on ambrose would have insisted on coming on for for your security yeah and I mean, there's definitely a, a because we've got such a small crew, and we've got players playing multiple roles. You're the EXO and the chief of security. Mm-hmm. Um, that does put a higher burden on the main cast of characters. As far as when you go down, when Ambrose goes down, you've lost two main bridge positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a, a a thing to think about as well. But we can certainly do some more things storyline-wise that get Hage into more of the away team mission stuff and keep Ambrose on the ship a little bit more often. Uh, even if hey, Ambrose doesn't want to go, he doesn't necessarily get a choice. Like, Hage I, is going to go I, on this mission and Ambrose is in charge of the ship, you know? I would just like a little less emphasis on what the captain is allowed and allowed not to... Uh, allowed to do, Sure, is all I'm asking. So, yeah. like... You know, you can like maybe next time he goes and he wants to come along, you can like make a pithy comment, but then let's leave it at that. You know, yeah, we don't need to, we don't need to make it the a whole sub arc of the adventure where everybody's <laughs> mad at Hage because he came along, right? So, I get what you're saying on that. Um, and and I get the out of character frustration. I also feel like you're now dictating how we're supposed to play our characters, and that's not fair either. That's that. I see what well, you're saying. I'm just requesting, saying, not necessarily dictating. Yeah, I'm just saying a frustration that I've had, and mm. it's it, it. 
you know, I mean, Hage is is my main character, and sure. I don't feel like I've, I don't feel like I've played him that much. Yeah, I definitely I, played Elizabeth a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, by that same token, Dasavi has had l- very little screen time. Yeah. To and the I, point that, like, I Mills feels more like it. my main than than Dasavi yeah. does. So I get you on that point. Um, I also think I would argue that the the conflict between Ambrose and Hage and Dasavi and Hage on Hage's decision to to go down on that space station made for good story. Yeah. And you can sure. decide from that point, like where you take it. And you know, you you want to make that, and you know, we want to flip that and make that an in-character discussion at the next the next away mission. You know, you can walk back to that conversation that that Hage and Ambrose had about, you know, where Ambrose said, you know, you're right, I'm not ready for that chair because I'm not ready to be stuck on the ship, and Hage turning turning around, going, you know what? You need to get ready for command. Your ass is staying here. I'm going. Suck it up. You also have the context. Like, so it's it's difficult to do, uh, but Star Trek is not normal, normal like role playing. It is not Dungeons and Dragons where mm-hmm. every, around every corner you're gonna find a trap or you know, mimics and all that kind of stuff. So there is a mentality difference that um I've talked about it in the Star Trek uh in, in my podcast a few times of getting into the mindset of a universe that is for all intents and purposes, the most privileged it can, you can possibly be. Like, there is safety everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, even in Starfleet, like, it, the ships that you see on television are by far the not not normal. And even the Enterprise, with all the crazy crap they go through, it's, they're just always blindly walking into shit. Um, and I'm not saying anyone should do that, but there is definitely a mentality that needs to be there that is not the D&D mentality of we need to be super precautious, super cautious about, you know, we must check for traps in every room. We must uh, make sure that everyone's wearing gloves at all times, that we have the rogue over here and the healer over here and the, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I don't know how much of that really bleeds into your eyes as a role-playing. I really, I don't have an, an answer for that. But I know that um, if you're thinking about the, like, again, I agree with you guys that the story that, that we did, that you guys did with the conflict with Hage was really good. Um, mm-hmm. I not, can I'm also see that if that, if that were to continue in two, three, four more episodes at that level of control, mm-hmm. that's not only going to get to be a problem for Brian as a player, it would be boring television as well. Mm-hmm. So sure. There definitely has to be a progression going forward from that, from all of the characters going forward. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how you guys want to resolve that, but it's certainly something to think about going forward that like where we've done the story where Ambrose gets to say, I told you, get, get to say, stay here, gets kind of an, I told you so. Um, but what's the next step? Because Hage didn't get injured. He did really help out in that in that situation. Mm-hmm. He was very beneficial mm-hmm. to be there. So it's not it, Hage also gets and I told you so in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. So where's the next step with that? What think about going forward where we're going to take that and how we're going to mold that into uh, mm-hmm. Ambrose's story as far as he's going to have to take command eventually. Dasavi uh, understanding that you know yeah you're not you're not even a command officer so you don't really necessarily know the hazards mm-hmm. and, and and difficulty of being in command. Um, I think it's something that when when we talk about uh, the Savi getting trained in that situation, in, in the command stuff, I think it would be a good point for Hage to make. Um, and I'll see if I can come up with an episode for that. That, you know, sometimes you have to make the hard choice and sometimes you have to go. And regulations don't always mean what, you know, don't, aren't always correct, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something to think about. I think it'd be fun. Um, it's definitely something to, to 
I don't want I know Brian doesn't want I know I don't want the players to to dictate to any other player how they should be playing their character. Yeah, absolutely um, not. I'm just saying so. I'm I'm not trying to dictate what you do. I'm just saying a frustration that I am a worry I have and I don't want to force yeah. anybody to do anything. I'm just telling you where I'm coming from. And right. you know, I, I trust you all want this game to be fun for me as much as ever mm-hmm. I want to make this game fun for you. And so I'm just expressing that. Well, it, it, it's good that you bring this up because I, the past, the past several episodes, I've been brought back to one of the questions I asked during our session zero. And I remember, I remember it very well because it was a very important question for me. And that was the question on how you planned uh, Hage's command style, his captain style. And I specifically asked, are you more of a Picard or are you more of a Kirk? And it was my understanding that we settled that this that you were you were more of a Picard, more of a next generation type of captain. And I even asked, hey, if, if that's the case, Ambrose, Ambrose would insist you stay on the ship, like like a Riker to Picard situation. I'm really I'm fairly certain that's where we ended up. So I was confused uh, when when Hage was so insistent on leaving. And I think that particular question in session zero really informed who Ambrose is. And I I remember that question being more, I thought I interpreted it as more about his personality, not necessarily his logistics. Mm. So, you know, if that question had been, do you mind staying on the ship most missions? I probably, I probably would have been diplomatic and said maybe half the time, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely would not have wanted it to be. He never leaves the ship. Yeah. What I mean, like I said, there's a lot I can do to help fix this problem too. Like I can come up with more storylines that make the character more prominent. Um, are those geese babies or what's going on? I don't it, know who's babies. It sounds like someone has toddlers. <laughs> your, your geese are sounding disturbingly human today. <laughs> Is, that might be on my side. Unfortunately, ah. for reasons I'd rather not go into, there will be a screaming baby around for the foreseeable future. Okay. My deepest it's apologies. It's not my screaming baby. I don't have any screaming babies. <laughs> yeah. It really frustrates me. There's that it's seriously no resentment there. I, I hear no resentment there, Mr. Ambrose. <laughs> um, anyways, there's a lot I can do to help correct the... I think part of the problem is that if there's nothing... If, if you're on the ship and there's not a lot of extra storylines going on, um, it, it gets frustrating because you're not getting, you don't have an opportunity to play your character very much. So that's something that I can certainly uh, make an effort to, to put more work into. So. Well, I appreciate you all listening to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I'm not laughing at Brian. I'm laughing no, at I get it. <laughs> I do appreciate you all listening. It's quite, a, quite aggressive. <laughs> um, I just assumed it was more geese. So. Um, but no, I, it's again, that's, this is one of the things that this is, this session is about anyways. Like we want to make sure that we're, it's a health check for this, for the storyline too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. So I, I don't, I want to, I don't want to lay it, lay it on too thick with you anymore. So I, I will, I will keep that in mind. And, and to be honest, I really think that, uh, that story arc has come to, uh, a resolution and it, it might, yeah, there, there might be a, a sort of pithy remark in the future, but I think we've played that out as much as, mm-hmm. Uh, as much as we can, and I think it would be interesting for for as as with a lot of things for Ambrose and and Hage to find an equilibrium 
uh, with that command style and, and try to try to resolve, you know, when it's appropriate to go off the ship. And, and there, there might be some more butting of heads, but I don't want it to feel, I, I want to get away from the antagonistic, the antagonistic yeah. ab uh, approach between the first officer and, and yeah. the captain. And that I was... think, and I'm hoping with the way that this therapy plays out, and I, I was really hoping it would last more than half a session, uh, <laughs> that through, through talking it through with the counselor, talking it through with other, uh, other characters, uh, going, going through different things, that that might help facilitate uh, Hage being able to step back from his wartime mentality and you know, see see where Hage is coming from. Unfortunately, he had about half an episode to get over his shit, and then right. surprise, we're back to a wartime mentality. So that's kind right. of I, I'm kind of I'm kind of thrown right now as to how Ambrose is going to resolve yeah. all of that. Um, nothing like a little more pressure. Uh, I like the idea of seeing the storyline progress. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do that. I. It's funny to me that we've actually had a lot of ups and downs in the storyline mm -hmm. of Hage and Ambrose, and there was a point there when it felt like there was some tension at, be at the first, at the very beginning, the tension kind of got resolved, and you guys were like really on the same page, and then we hit that point where that tension came back. I think it's a really good way to do things, the up and down uh, wave, and we're now at a point where we've hit the peak of the one wave, and we're now heading back into the valley of, of you guys getting along, and we'll see where it goes from there. Um I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, as far as Dasavi goes, um, being someone who's played a, 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 a chief medical officer, I'm well aware that it is sometimes difficult to get yourself in the story. Yeah. Um, feel and it's free. fine. I don't have. I'm not super upset about it. Like I don't feel. Mm -hmm. I don't feel bored. It's not like I don't have anything to do. It's not like I'm sitting back waiting for shit to happen. Because um, Mills keeps me plenty busy. Yeah. Um, One of the things I will say about. One, I mean, one, Star Trek doesn't have a lot. Like, especially if you look at Next Gen, Beverly yeah. is barely a main character. Um, yeah. Like, they, they changed Doctor out in season two, and it's like, uh, did they do a thing? I don't know. Oh. Um, they did a thing, and Pulaski <laughs> was terrible. I like Pulaski. But yeah. She, was she became be... redeemable at the very end, and then she went away. I, I but... like the actress. Um, I like her from the original series stuff that she did. I liked her in Next Gen a little bit. Like, Pulaski is hard to like, but if you look at her in, in a in a McCoy kind of mentality, she's not too bad. See, she was mean to Data, and that was just a whole thing for me. I love that's Data, legit. and you can't be mean to Data. Yeah, it's but she was mean at first, and then grew to like. She, said she redeemed herself. Yeah. Yeah. but yes, yeah, so. she, she had a one season story arc. I mean, if she had come, <laughs> if she had come on and loved Data from the very start, it would. I would have found that less interesting. Well, it, it yeah. just it just felt forced and unnecessary. It felt like they were really yeah. trying to shoehorn McCoy back into the series. And I don't think yeah. Next Generation had need for another McCoy. No, I agree. But I, I you got her and you're stuck with her. So yeah. <laughs> I found to like her after many, many years. It took me a long time to, to appreciate <laughs> Pulaski. But nonetheless, like, um, so when I played in Brian's game, um, while I was able to continue playing, which unfortunately I had to leave a little early. But the doctor, the way that I was able to start getting the doctor into things more often was there's not a lot of medical stuff to do. Like that's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a Star Trek problem. It's, uh, there's actually, I think there's a rules problem with that in the, in the system uh, because it's just a die roll to fix things. There's no, there's hard to, it's hard to come up with tension for the doctor. Right. Um, so one thing that I tended to do was just go on away team missions and hang out with the captain. It was kind of my, kind of my bag. Um, 
I didn't get a, a, I didn't get to explore as much of that as I would liked I would have liked to. Um, but it's certainly something to think about. Like you're you are the doctor, but you're also a senior staff. Like you are a you're a commander or a lieutenant mm-hmm. commander. Um, you can you can you have authority even without having necessarily being in the the normal command structure. Right. And the doctor's in a very unique position. One of the things, one of the reasons I like playing the doctor, and I, I want to play a doctor again in the future. In fact, I want to play the same doctor I've been playing in the future. Um, uh, the, one of the nice things about that is, is you can kind of insert yourself because you're kind of inside the chain of command and outside the chain of command. So you have right. authority. Um, you have a little bit more authority than other people of similar rank to you. Um, I think it's an interesting thing, an interesting role to to be able to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something you can do with that. I hope. Um, I do want to do some more storylines. I have two storylines that are plagues, essentially. One's only one. Only one's a plague, but you know they're the they're the big medical episodes where everyone is doing you know rushing around to save these people. Mm-hmm. That kind of All thing. Right. Some typical yeah. Star Trek type stuff. I would. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to those as well because I would like to see Deathwing in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, we've got I, I some stuff. More. I want to see more of Mar also. So the whole medical yeah. staff to me has a, a, a is extremely interesting. So yeah. Well, can I make a suggestion? Um, I don't having two counselors. I'm not sure is a great idea. Right. What about if you play another doctor, and so that way, if there is one of those big medical scenes where we can all participate. What do you? It would be Jack would have to be the one to to swap out because right. right? Samar yeah. is the character that we've barely seen. I think we haven't seen the character at all, really. Samar, um, we've seen Mar a few Mar. times. Yeah, yeah it was we, big on DS Nine, but. After that, didn't come up too much, okay. unfortunately. Well, that no, but that's you're talking about. That's what I'm away. saying. Yeah, so that way everyone has one medical character essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so. then nobody gets left out. Do yeah. we need three doctors though? That, that's what I was thinking. I mean, we need, need three doctors about as I, I think we need three doctors less than we need two counselors. <laughs> you could also, I mean, it doesn't have to be doctors. Like you could be nurses. You could be a. a it could be you could make one of the the. Uh, uh, Security officers be a like a combat medic, something like that. Mm. There are options for it if you want to do something, but again, there's nothing. It's not required either. And um, and I'm fine if we never have need for Ranul. That that's fine with me. We don't need to shoehorn him in there if it if it's right. not necessary. Um, but unless unless we are going to have medical problems be a, a big a big part of the story where we need four medical officers uh, in, right. in a situation, I'm I'm not sure. Would, I think it would be fun to have Tong just stuck with a bunch of doctors on a planet somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy, uh, you know, Tong's delivery assistant scene. Fantastic. Mm. Dasavi would totally support Tong just hanging out with the doctors. Mm. Yeah. Cool. I, I like I like Tong as a fish out of water character because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. And this is something we can move into, like, too, like what characters we like and why we like them. Like, I like Tong a lot because he seems like a fish out of water in every situation, uh, including the transporters, which he's really good at. <laughs> uh, but just the character is in Starfleet seems very fish out of water. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of what you're going to do with that character, like how he's going to advance uh, personality wise, because clearly sure. he is he is being leaned on kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the situation of, of saving Eva through the... Uh, the arrow wing that's a big move for the the chief the chief engineer to come to you to help him out with that oh yeah oh yeah so before we move on too far i did want to do one more thing with dasavi i i do want to note if i think dasavi has reason to go on every away mission 
Like, even if it's just in case somebody gets hurt, I think there's always a reason for the CMO to go on away missions and stuff. So sure. That's and that's where I'm at with it too. Like, mm-hmm. especially since you're a telepath. I mean, now you right. having two telepaths on a scene is not a bad thing necessarily. It's right. terrible no, for, for me. Sure. I hate it. I fucking hate telepaths. <laughs> but well, and with with um with her supposed to be learning command, and with Hage wanting to get off the ship more, we definitely have we're we've definitely built the framework for that for for mm-hmm. Hage to say, all right. Ambrose, you stay. I'm going. I'm taking Dasavi with me. I'm teaching her how to run an away mission. Yeah, yeah it would be cool. That is I that also, would be a really cool thing. I, I know that Jack doesn't tries to discredit this, the original series. I like the original series. It is hokey. <laughs> oh my god, it's hokey. Right, season, season three is god awful. But I like the dynamic that you get from the three main characters. Mm-hmm. Spock, McCoy, and Kirk. Their dynamic is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I it's doctor, science officer, first officer, whatever, and captain and i think it's really interesting and i i don't see there any being any reason why the four players can't have characters that go down on all these missions that, that have that connection i ambrose i i get i understand the logic of next gen and why you don't send the captain and the first officer down because it's stupid to lose both your main characters in one scene but but again from a star trek perspective does it really matter as much right. um from a storytelling perspective you know um so yeah. I don't I don't have a problem with you guys sending all three down. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. All four down because you send down uh, I'm, I'm right Cass there. as well. But <laughs> um, anyway, um, so let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about the main characters. Well, we've talked mostly about the main characters where we want their storylines to go. Let's talk about secondary <laughs> characters when we're going to see some of their stories going. Um, the main character that I think we see the most, or the secondary character we see the most of is clearly Yezabeth, right? Mm-hmm. So Yezabeth has had this storyline going on so far. This It's not even a storyline. It's a dice-propelled uh, subplot <laughs> where you just keep being unable to do the things you want to do and succeeding at them, mm-hmm. um, or at least succeeding them into the way you had intended. Like, how is that? How has that played out for you? Like, how have you have you enjoyed what what we've done with that? Uh, Absolutely, so absolutely. Tired of that I, crap. <laughs> I have no complaints about everything that's happened with her. Okay. Um, she, I mean, she's a disaster person, and like disaster person. It's it's going to make it all the more interesting when she gets the age symbiote, and I I kind of really like the uh, I didn't at first. I'll admit this, but I kind of like the I the, how she's currently support character with support character stats and then as soon as she gets the symbiote it's like boom character player character upgrade you know she'll be more competent at everything because she's got the symbiote but then that opens up questions is she more competent because of the symbiote is she you know it's that that that's a mechanical change that i think can can breed a lot of interesting role playing Mm -hmm. so i'm looking forward to that um where do you see yezabeth going like what i mean she doesn't had her own main storyline because she's a secondary character but like what have you what what have you enjoyed and what are you looking forward to with that character as far as other characters interact with and storylines you want to see going forward with her other than obviously the main storyline we're going to do i definitely want to see what happens with the friendship with mills okay i think mm-hmm. i think there i think that is going to become that is going to be the crux relationship with her where she's most different from between before and after and I just, I really am curious to see what happens there. I don't want to decide ahead of time, but sure. I would just love yep. to 
uh, one of the nice things about the secondary characters that I've enjoyed is watching the there has been no necessary plan for a lot of them. So it's it's interesting to see how that thing how that changes organically. Is Shinwiki yelling at you? Yes, yeah, Shinwiki would like out, I think. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Or maybe Shinwiki just wants to stare at me while I open the door for him. <laughs> just yell, Leave. yeah. I mean, it's how we do. <laughs> it's how we do. Uh, I mean, y'all, y'all missed Roy dis- displaying all his bits for you a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I missed it, but. Um, all right, Jag, you've got a second. Who, who has been? You think is your main secondary character has obviously been Tong. Tong, and we yeah. talked a little bit about that. Um, what are you looking forward to as far as storylines with Tong? Like we've obviously we've seen him taking or being thrust into more responsible situations uh, mm-hmm. but you haven't done much in the way of advancing the character so what are you looking to do with that character uh well i mean it, he is probably my most used secondary character but i feel like i play my secondary characters far less than everybody else so even though yes. tong is mm-hmm. my most forward-facing secondary character he's really only had so much screen time mm-hmm. and i don't think he's really had enough time in order to develop uh, at least un- until the point where we are at now, that last mission, uh, as you said, with uh, with you know being being tasked with helping Eva out uh, and uh, really really having a big impact on saving the ship and saving the away team and the success of that mission uh, and working with Eva in the future. Now that John is gone and all of his characters are receding into the background. Um, I I do have plans for Tong moving forward, and I think, as you said, it's going to be a transition from his sort of fish-out-of-water ensign state to a much more, uh, to a more precarious state that will hopefully come out with him being more, uh, more competent and more confident, and I sort of have, I've, I've been playing around with a, with a value for him. Uh, because we had a we had you know that that major storyline story storyline arc point right. whatnot, uh, and I do want to give him a value, uh, and I'm thinking something of the lo- something along the lines of I have to do everything I can to live up to the confidence others see in me. Okay, no. so it's not necess- it. necessarily about him actually being competent confident in his abilities. It's they are saying I'm good enough to do this. I have to do this, or I am not good enough. Sure. I get that. Uh, I've, I've had that mentality most of my life, <laughs> and and just so, uh, and I and I really want to make sure that Tong isn't just a reskinned Nog, but right. I think with him being probably one of the very few Ferengi and Starfleet, he is both, as you said, out out of water, uh, and really has something to prove. Right. While that... being in a position where he he's kind of going against his normal sort of inbred mentality uh, from 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 his culture uh, right. and and being thrown into a different culture with different values, uh, it's kind of jarring. Right. That's one of the things I was going to say is Tong may very well be the second Ferengi in Starfleet. Yeah. Um, how does how do you think that? I mean, do you have any ideas of what you want to do as far as stories is to to express that like the to deal with the fact that you are so kind of isolated, a wharf nog kind of character. I mean, do you just kind of want to let it go and just kind of be on the side there? Or, or, or do you have any desire to play out some of that potential? Um, I don't want to say oppression. What's the, what's what I'm looking for? The, the prejudices. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, 
And I'll, I'll be honest, I've put far less thought into the mm. development of my secondary characters as I have my main character. Sure. Um, and I'm kind of I'm kind of just writing my my secondary characters and seeing where they're going. Sure. Uh, I I would definitely like to see more uh, Tong and Kostra and have that sort of uh, mentor relationship. Uh, yeah. Or and, and even I, I I'm not sure I would even say in the in the last mission it was really a mentor situation and more of a just here you are kid get to work right <laughs> sort of situation. Um, so that that could be interesting to to explore certainly i don't think unfortunately tong has really had any major interactions with any of the other characters except perhaps eva and i think that's going to be the main uh main motivator of, of tong's character development is could be his interactions with eva going forward because now that we don't have john now that we don't have Cass, uh and it it, it seems to be this is the case i was thinking that tong would would at this point now be that sort of you know liaison between right. Eva and the rest of the ship, working on creating that avatar for her, and uh, you know spearheading those existential crises that they'll probably have together because Tong is also still very young and right. as you said in a completely new situation. So I think there's going to be and and I don't know how how you feel about that with it being one of my characters in an NPC as opposed to one of my characters in another player's character, uh, but I think the Eva Tong relationship can really do uh, a lot in bringing out both Tong and Eva. Yeah, yeah, I think that could be a lot of fun to to go and play around with. Um, I actually enjoy playing the the existential. I I enjoy the role playing of the existential moments mm -hmm. of 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 Eva's crises, um, and I think. I think you're right. The having that to go along with the existential crisis that Tong is probably having in almost every moment of his life, um, <laughs> I think, or at least that's that is the way it seems sometimes. Um, I think that could be fun. I think you're. I think you're right. I'm looking forward. I can. I can certainly do something more with that. And um, I. I would like to see more of Tong's Ferenginess come out because I, I have one of his values as item appraisal which is probably never going to come up but it would be interesting if it does uh and i i just watched the episode of ds9 where nog was helping uh o'brien get some part for the ship and he had to trade this to this person oh, yeah. to get that, yes. to get that this, the, this the and that and this and that continuum. the great material continuum and i i would i would love to see more tong finding a way to bridge his ferenginess with Starfleet and and sort of yeah. come together. Yeah, that could be fun. What, that. what do you what do you think about the idea if we run into Ferengi out here in the sector? Would that be interesting for him? Yeah, that that could be cool. There there will be Ferengi out here. Yeah, okay. Um, cool. I've, I've got a few of them. Um, not not nice people, Ferengi. Those those Ferengi. <laughs> um, so that'll actually that could make it even more interesting. What about the SSH? Like you you do the SSH. Um, We've only seen him a couple times, but uh, right now he's kind of trapped on the station, like running it. Um, well, we we did sort of copy and paste his personality. So the the right. the main SSH is still on the Europa, but right. uh, but his his copy is over on that space station, and I actually have it written down in my notes because I he he did earn a, a side character milestone. But I have it in my notes as hold for possible reintegration of Helleron station copy. I'm not right. going to give him a milestone until he until or if he reintegrates with the copy that actually grew from those experiences. Right. I'm I'm actually thinking uh, 
when we go back to the station, I I kind of really want the integration to happen again. I don't know if it'll happen with you guys the way you guys, depending on how you guys do do what you want to do. But the it. but the main problem is, yeah. are they two different people now? Right. Is there a right to integrate right. them? Right. Right. Well, I mean, technically, the they're not really sentient AIs, right? So the that's a moral question that you guys have to answer in game. But the doctor, the doctor becomes one because he's been on for so long. I, I, I would SSH... imagine at this point that since since the SSH is running the station, he's probably on twenty four seven, just like right. the doctor is. But so the maybe the SSH Europa. on the Europa isn't a, isn't as sentient. I would right. I would say he he he's still a sentient AI. It's just yeah. you know Starfleet prejudice that they don't consider him a, a, a full-fledged ai right, but exactly. i would say that the ssh on the on the station is more humanly noticeable as a sentient ai yeah. and there I, is that conundrum of are they two different people is there a right, right to merge them together i think that could be a really fun I, I don't know how to bring that up in the story like i'll have to figure out how to how to frame a story for that but i think that's right. a really interesting moral dilemma mm. for the crew to have to face my my only concern with such an episode is that it puts me in a position where i am talking to myself a lot <laughs> yeah well it's clearly a b plot anyways i wouldn't yeah. have to it right. wouldn't be a main plot and right. ambrose i would not have in that situation he would probably be off somewhere else that's a hate right. decision in my opinion like say, that's a Wasabi, even um yeah we could do that Tommy. i was i was thinking more like a a an o'connor and Cass conversation mm-hmm because we've been getting well, into those, in the those end, ethical pieces. In the end, it's a Hage decision, right? He's yeah. the one who decides if that's, you know, because whatever the captain decides in the long run, that's the law of the land. So yeah. if he decides that he's not, that, that, that they're not sending to AIs, unless it's taken up above him, mm-hmm. at least in the moment, there's no one to dispute that with him. Like, in the end, push the button or get the fuck off my ship. Right. Um, so that's an interesting one there. And I, I think it could actually be fun if we do that because I don't plan for you guys to go back to the station anytime, like immediately. Like uh, that's going to be a down the line, line story. But um, Kaz being an expert in AI, I think that okay. could be a really fun uh, conversation. I, I'm looking forward to that. I have to figure that out. Maybe yeah. Make a note. I definitely mm-hmm. don't see Hage making the decision suddenly and without any input from anybody else. So, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. So we, we can have all moments. of the above. But at the same time, uh, I I think I I would like to see more of the SSH, uh, uh, you know, on on the Europa, the one that we have available to us. Yeah. Um, and, well, so now that we're installing more of the hollow projectors around the ship, Tong is going to be doing that, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because Eva wanted to be able to move around more. Uh, it doesn't limit just Eva to being able to move around more with the hollow projectors. If they're given access to them, the Doctor can move around more. The which we've only seen once, which was fine. Um, he's an NPC, but we can see the SSH move around a little bit more. We can have more interaction with these characters um, once these projectors are installed, which can really just, it's off screen, so it doesn't matter. They're installed now. So that could be fun. Um, I, I just got an idea. Yeah. What if the SSH wants quarters? Could be interesting. Eventually, maybe. I, I I think that he would need to be on for a lot longer. <laughs> I I think that would be a fun thing to do after the reintegration. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think certainly after the reintegration were to happen, if it were to happen, um, it would create a lot more depth to the character and a lot more potential for the storylines for that character. Mm. But my so. my 
the the reason I I made the SSH, which is security services hologram, is not just to be a quartermaster. He's not just the guy who gets you bed sheets and a pillow and and mm-hmm. you know checks and makes sure all the all the power cells and the phasers are working. Uh, I my my idea was since uh, since we clearly had uh, away team security officers that he could function as the on ship security officers. So when we're away on a mate uh, on a on an away mission, if there's a problem on the ship. The SSH can literally be anywhere at any time. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Yeah. And we're yeah. making that, a, we're certainly making that a reality now. So. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so again, that comes so back mad. to more, we, we need, we need a, uh, an away mission plot and a ship plot. Sure. Legit. Um, Ev. Uh, yeah. Your primary backup character, is, or your secondary character, I should say, not backup character, mm-hmm. has been Mills, I think. Yes. For sure. Um, there's been a lot. Actually, you've had I think Mills has probably had just about the 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 right up or right up there as the most secondary development of a character. Um mm-hmm. uh tied up there with like Elizabeth. Um so what are you looking for to like I obviously you, you the character security and you've had the advancement of of even Ambrose is starting to look at her like this this person is uh, a worthy successor to my position possibly. Mm. Or at least to be tested in a way that maybe she can elevate. Um, what are you looking forward to as far as storylines with that characters go? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing her pursue that chief of security position. Um, I'm really looking forward to the um, brain, the integration piece that she and Yesbeth are working on with the. Um, linking science and security together. Um, and I'm looking forward to exploring how she feels about, I think you t- I talked about this a little earlier, how she feels about Ambrose's breakdown and kind of that like that moment where you realize your heroes are human mm-hmm. um, and how she how she manages manages that. You've also had a little bit of conflict with the captain, although I don't think it's actually come out, right? Yes. No, that has not come out. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out, like, on screen. Because she would never – She she's got that very rigid professionalism. So she's not going to come to the captain and be like, get off my fucking toes, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Maybe you get up but, all the way off my back about that. Right. <laughs> I think that's a problem for the first officer. Right. <laughs> it is. Even if it, and go ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, even if it doesn't come up, like in play, even if she doesn't go, once he dies, he's gonna know every bad thing she said to Yezebeth. True. <laughs> yeah, but that's not something that character is gonna know at all. No. That's that's a that's a whole other bag of worms. Uh, <laughs> uh, worms. Keep, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole other belly of worms. Um, that's the thing to keep notes on too, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Trust me. As soon as we had that conversation, I was like, "Pay dirt." <laughs> um. So, like, as far as Mills goes, I think there's. So we talk about promotions. We haven't talked about promotions, but we've mm. we've kind of off screen talked about promotions. Um. I think personally that some of these characters are most assuredly eligible for for some promotions, and I think Mills is one of the ones that probably deserves one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Elizabeth is probably one that deserves one. Um, 
But again, with those, with that in mind, like if you were to take on a greater role in on the ship, what, what, uh, how would that change the way? Like, it, let's say you were the chief of security. Now you're yeah. in charge of a position. You're a senior officer aboard the ship. Um, how, I mean, would that change the way you interact with the captain at all, or would you? Would it still be that that rigid keep my mouth shut kind of deal? I think it would still be that rigid keep my mouth shut. Um, she very much toes the line. Uh, there, I think she would feel, especially if with it in that security position, she would feel more emboldened to bring that to the first officer at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may come a point where you know she she we have a you know permission to speak freely situation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it could be interesting. Um, I want to talk about one of your secondary characters before we go, before we move around to anybody else, uh, yeah. and that is the character whose name I don't recall because we've never used him. Tekith. Tekith, that's the okay. one we use him, but not much. We use him. Yeah, no, he's only been on screen like twice. Yeah, and they've been. They, one they of them has good. been super interesting. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they were good though. Um. So again, this is like heavy spoiler stuff going forward, and I don't know how much the players even know about what you're doing with this character, although I think we discussed it early yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's no secret to the players, and the audience knows. The characters do not. Right. Um, clearly the character has some connection to, and we don't, haven't really even established what it is, but some connection to the right. remaining Romulan government, like active mm-hmm. Romulan government. Um, what... We you had a nice conversation with uh, someone who may or may not have been Sila, um, mm-hmm. at least the silhouette was Sila because I couldn't find any other silhouette for what I was looking for. <laughs> um, we've met another character uh, that is actually known to be a Romulan mm-hmm. uh, earlier on on the space station. Um, so with all of that in mind, where do you think, where do you guys see, or mostly where does Teketh see, fit into, do you think fits into the, the, the storyline currently? What is, what do you see being what's going on there? Like, I have ideas, but what do you see going on? Um, I, unfortunately, Teketh is also my least fleshed out character. Um, so I don't have solid answers between that and not... I'm I'm out of my depth both in the lore and as an espionage character because I am not good at subterfuge. <laughs> so Tekith is the hardest character for me to play because I don't do subtle well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's he's he's been a role playing challenge for me. Uh, I the way I envisioned him, I think was primarily trying to steal those AI secrets Mm -hmm. and take them back and then whatever else he can pick up along the way and or maybe um you know slightly disgruntled ex maquis that he can turn (laughs) to his his side i would love to see him try (laughs) who knows he may actually succeed depends which way the is most more is most interesting right right um as I said, we've already dealt with uh, at least one potentially, uh, I don't know, ally, allied to Teketh kind of character in, in um, I, I don't remember the character's name off the top of my head. I don't have my notes in front of me. Um, but the, uh, the the Romulan aboard the Starbase. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely some 
Romulan stuff going on. I absolutely love the Romulans. They're probably my favorite of the of the the otherworldly races. Like everyone loves Klingons and they're great. I love Klingons too. They're just basically a frat boy uh, with <laughs> frat boys with lasers. Um and they're fun to play. I, I enjoy playing them. Um I like playing Klingons as a character too. They're they're just they're fun to play. They're over the top. But so, Romulans, Commander Tasha Ray. Yes. Um uh that's not how I pronounced it, but that's pretty close. Oh, right. Um Toshare? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. If I can find her name in it's my in notes, I, I know what it is, but you can't mark mark syllable emphasis with uh with English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um uh, I, I don't know. Oh, here we go. Uh Narendra Station. I've got Admiral April Herbert, General Cargan. Commander Nira, Lieutenant Olek, uh, civilian Dr. Helena Talafir, which I don't know if you guys have actually encountered her yet, and Sub Commander Toshara to, Toshari. Toshari. T O apostrophe S H A apostrophe R I Toshari. Um, anyways, we have encountered her, and there has been some chicanery there, as far as Ambrose has been able to tell. Um, cause she had, uh, she and Ambrose had a bit, had a moment, mm-hmm. uh, mostly one that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but, uh, was there to help add some, some intrigue to the story in that moment. Um, so that's something we can, we, we, we want to explore more in the future for sure. Uh, I do anyways. Um, and I think, uh, do you see Tekketh ever getting caught? Like, where does that storyline end up? Where does that story end for you? Where does that character end for you? Um, I do want to see him get caught. I want to see him get caught or at the very least have a a close encounter and try and talk his way out of it. Um, I think ideally I'd like to see both of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, like... I just don't want, you know, my telepath to be the one to catch him. Cause it, was the, it was that <laughs> right. moment in the, in, the, in the bar that I was like, oh, crap. I can spoil my own fun. Right. Uh, it's one of those things that oh. just never comes up on camera. Why didn't Troy figure that out? Right. Um, Romulans are good at suppressing their, uh, you know, as we saw, being able to be mind read. Uh, and also, Ambrose is is uh, is a empath at the very mm-hmm. least. But I think it could be interesting if Eva actually catches on, because obviously you have to use Eva systems to do any right. sort of communication or espionage. So it would be interesting if Eva was just like, hey, this is weird, and just brings it up like it's inconsequential piece of information that starts a, a trail of bread, breadcrumbs yeah. that, that mm-hmm. lead to... An that could be a really fun Tong storyline, yeah, to, yeah. to get yeah. Tong and then move it up to the next person, then up to the next person, and eventually gets up to Ambrose and Hage and like, hey, what the fuck? Um, well, a question that I have that though, like, so we've seen characters who are obviously subverting the the main characters, right? We've seen Quark. Quark mm-hmm. regularly subverts the main story characters, and gets away with it every time. Is that something you want? Is that the way you see the character playing? Like, uh, they're not going to get this reference, but more of a Jonas kind of character, where it's you know you're doing the wrong thing for the right reasons, or are you flat out like, no, this guy is going to get hung at some point. Like, yeah, no, treason, he is. Treason he is. is treason. He is doing the. He's doing what he thinks is the right thing. He's doing sure. the right thing for the Romulan Empire. Okay. I just. I just want to say I would love it if uh, Sil- Silva was also involved in uh, catching on Dylan. Mm-hmm. 
I agree, especially if we're, <clears throat> excuse me, if we're going to run with the um, the idea that Teketh is using Silva. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse yeah, me. I would, I, I would love it if that comes back to bite him in the butt, you know. Because yeah. mm-hmm. um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to see Silva kicked out of Starfleet for helping. Uh, yeah. No. Teketh. Yeah. Yeah. No, when we when we talked about it, my I we talked about it a little bit in the chat. My thought for the Teketh Silva relationship is not a not an overt thing. Like he's not gonna make it very he's not gonna pull her aside and be like, Hey, pst, I'm a spy, you're gonna help me. It's gonna be very subtle. Um it's like the I envision it like the Garrick Bashir relationship, except Garrick is actually an evil spy. Right. Sure. Sure. I I also don't just want her to be a dupe either, though. So okay. I'm saying like I'd like her to be. Oh yeah. Involved. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I do like the idea though of of having to see Silva understanding the betrayal. And, oh and, definitely. And not just coming to the realization of like, oh, I gotta get that son of a bitch, but but like I can't believe this is real. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I was played like this and then go after the, you know, pursuing it further. I think that would be a fun thing to do. And I'd like because to tie she that. Is, she is young and she is somewhat naive. Mm-hmm. I'd like to tie that back into the fe- the feelings that she had expressed in that first conversation with Teketh of, of feeling abandoned by Starfleet. And that's why she went to the Maquis. And I'd, I'd like to play on that. Yeah. Cor- Dead State Cora in the chat just the hashtag greater good <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i i agree with that um i think that'll be a fun thing to play out i don't know how long we're gonna be able to keep that a secret but um yeah. probably probably at least to the majority of the klingon war yeah i would think yeah. you see know how that plays out one one thing that might be fun long term is if after he gets captured what if he's kept on the brig because of our ship and that way people can still talk to him while he's in prison mm-hmm. you know okay. we can find we can find I, to keep him there i think for sure you're gonna see when that happens i think that that can create some some nice tension between the romulans and and the federation too like mm-hmm. obviously you're not gonna send this person back home they're they've committed crimes against the federation there's some problems here um i think that could be a lot of fun so mm-hmm. Reminds me I need to watch Hot Fuzz again. Um, that was another one of the, in the chat. Um, I do love that. The greater good. That's where the greater good thing comes from. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Anyway, let's talk about. Um, we've covered most of the main characters. Do you guys have any other characters that you want to bring up as far as what we want to talk about? Like, obviously, we I'd want to see more with Kaz and all that stuff. Let's let's talk okay. about Koba and Kostra. Um, sure. Obviously, two two completely different characters. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, like I, I actually like how you distinguish them. In fact, uh, we're talking about with Tong Kostra being uh, a possible uh, pseudo mentor character, which I think is hilarious because that character does to me. When I see the image, all I think is like Guy Fieri, and I don't want to learn anything from that guy. <laughs> so um, I think it's really funny. I like, I like him. I like him as a chief, a chief uh, engineer. Um, what do you think? Where do you see that character going? Like, what do you want to do with that character? You haven't done much with him so far. We haven't seen the chief engineer very often. So I don't actually see him having an arc. Okay. Um, like, I, I, he is strictly support, puts the supporting in the supporting characters. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Much like an underwire brawl, he's just there for support. (laughs) The reason I wanted to play the chief engineer in the first place is because I knew that the chief engineer was going to end up getting sidelined by the fact that my main characters, both of them, have an engineering uh, focus. Mm -hmm. So I figured, so that's why I wanted to do it be the chief engineer so that way i wasn't sidelining any of you i would be sidelining myself so gotcha. my my point is i'm okay with him getting sidelined because of that and uh i do love him interacting with tom and i definitely want to help build up tom's storyline mm-hmm. um i don't boy I, i'd be hard pressed to think of a good arc for him of what he's going to go through because right. i I'm just thinking about him in terms of everybody else. So his character development is basically I'm on screen. You know. I, he's, he's there. He's there to fill the fill the gap. If you know we need a third in command, you know somebody to stay right. on the ship while the rest of us go off. You know I think he's perfect for that. You know, um, he's he's definitely a a bit of a hothead too. I like mm-hmm. or at least a a loose cannon. Maybe not hothead, but loose cannon. Um, I don't know what you're going to do with that character. I have no idea when that character's on screen what is going to happen next. <laughs> I know it's I know it's going to be not what I expected, but I don't know what it's going to be. I mainly um, do whatever limousine. pushes the plot along best. So, <laughs> which which also brings me to Koba because Koba has a very similar style, right? Koba is very much a I'm going to go do what is not what expected right now. I'm going to go shoot that. Uh, or I'm going to bench press that or I got the bombs. I, oh, you're done. Right, right. The what co- kind of world do we live in when a man can't get rid of a bomb? <laughs> um, like, <laughs> where do you see that going? So Koba is definitely like a comic relief character. Uh, how, that's how I envision him. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as arc, I don't. Th- Boy, I don't think he has one. I mean, he might. Especially, I am interested to see what happens with when Mills gets the promotion. Because I want to, I definitely want to make sure those two complement each other rather than step on each other's toes. So right. I'm willing to move him in whatever direction is best to complement Mills in her new position. So well, she we, ends up. We were discussing for a little while a, a, a slight a slight rivalry between the two characters, weren't we? Uh, a little bit. The, uh, Mills mm-hmm. and Co- Cobra. Uh, Cobra. Coba. Cobra. Um, <laughs> having a little bit of a, a a slight rivalry to see who gets that position. Uh, that's the mirror universe of of Koba. It's just Koba with a with a cobra <laughs> tattoo on his on his face. <laughs> Sorry, I love, it. No, I love it. I do. We are going to do a mirror universe episode at some point, so keep that in mind. Um, I always do them. Love them. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I like him having a rivalry. Although I think he'd be pretty good natured about it. I don't think it would be like. A, Silva, I could see having like a violent rivalry. I don't see Koba doing it. Okay. Um, so ultimately, I would want. I ultimately, I think they would end up working things out pretty easily. Sure, more I of a friendly so. rivalry than an actual yeah, rivalry. friendly rivalry. Yeah. Um, I I actually look forward to seeing a little bit more of that because I know Ambrose was kind of trying to figure out, or at least it seemed on camera for, to me, uh, that Ambrose was trying to think of okay, well, which one of these two characters is best? Which one of these two people is best suited? to take over the, the role. And um, I I know that uh, there has been some uh, some, some questioning uh, on the command structure as to who's going to be next. And, and I think that seeing that play out a little more in the future can be really interesting. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. 
I'd, I would like to see there be more of more of a rivalry between Koba and Mills and and that split with Ambrose uh, as to the decision of how it's going to go. In, in my mind, we're still really early in our story. Yeah, um, we've been doing this a long time because unfortunately Breaks we don't always make it every week. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're, we're really only I, I, I've been keeping track in my notes. We have played. If I scroll all the way down, we have played 13 games, but I've counted only eight actual separate narrative episodes. Correct. So we're really early. Yep. Uh, and, and in my mind, this, this is why I held off on promoting Mills right after that last mission, mm-hmm. because in, in my mind, that's the point where Ambrose was like, okay, this signifies that she is in she is a contender i would like to get that moment with koba where Mm. i'm like he is also a contender and then Mm. we can start the analysis of who is best uh but so far ambrose has only seen koba be a jackass and (laughs) and get his arm and getting his arm nearly ripped (laughs) off but i did like how that last bit was resolved with ambrose you know apologizing to Koba and mm-hmm. and teaching him so something so I would like yeah. to see Koba become more than just comic relief if that's something you're interested in pursuing I am yeah I will say the dice don't always agree right. <laughs> so, yeah you know. yeah you have really bad luck with dice and has made two of your secondary characters somewhat uh less I feel uh, like we in- all have bad luck on dice. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes, That's true. man. Sometimes. I, Fantasy Grounds definitely picks days when it's just on not your guys' side. I actually think the kind of storyline where Koba might excel is if he gets like stranded with people. Like, not a planned mission, but I think he'd be really good in an improvisational situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I liked the situation where where Koba was uh, when you guys went down to the planet and were dealing with the the uh, invisible characters. I, I liked the way you played Koba during that scene, I thought it was extremely um, emblematic of what the character was and what he could be. Like, you were comic relief for sure, but it was also like, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. And when you when the combat started, you didn't make the great roles, but you made the, the action of the character was mm-hmm. purposeful and intentful. And I liked that a lot. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of that. I think that that says a lot about what the character is and can be. Yeah. Well, then so. maybe one thing that can happen is if, Orani puts uh, Koba in charge of a mission or two to see how he would fare because he was in charge of that mission and that's how kind of how he got to excel. Right. Well, I mean, there was Dasavi, but he was in charge of the tactical right. side of that mission. There's certainly going to be opportunities, I think, for everybody to get a chance to, to have moments to shine. I really want to focus more on giving every character, not every character, but giving characters more opportunity to shine We've focused a lot on Ambrose throughout the last eight episodes. Um, and I'm not saying that I want to stop doing that, but I definitely want to give some room, some headroom for other characters to get in there and, and do some more stuff. Um, as long as we're on the topic of rivalries, though, let's talk about two other secondary characters, and that's uh, Silva and Shijin. Mm-hmm. Um, both fighter, well, both pilots. One's a, a, a fighter pilot, the other one is a, a what? You're an ex Maquis pilot, right? Yeah, ex Maquis yeah. fighter pilot, right? A smuggler. Yeah. Smuggler. Um, obviously, we don't have fighter craft aboard ship, um, mostly because I'm not really. I we've talked about this before, but I really don't. Yeah, I don't agree with fighter craft in Star Trek. They don't make a lot of sense. They're just good ways to get good people killed. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not saying we can't use them at some point, but uh, carriers, looking forward to that discussion. <laughs> right, carriers uh, in the position that the Europa is in certainly don't make any sense. Um, having 
combat capable shuttlecraft. The Arrowwing is a very capable shuttlecraft. Like it is, it's a runabout on steroids. Um, and runabouts are pretty badass. We, we just combat. we just used it the last episode, and you equated it to a garbage scowl. Uh, 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 <laughs> I don't think I did that. I think somebody else did that. No, you you said it has the maneuverability of a garbage scowl. Oh, did I? I don't remember saying that, but. Because uh, I was thinking, yeah, it was a runabout on steroids, and I was trying to perform all kinds of fancy maneuvers. And you're like, no, this is a garbage truck, guys. It's a yacht. It's it's, it's not going it's a anywhere. Yacht. Um, let's see. Um, I don't think I can bring this up. I might be able to bring this up on screen. I'm not sure if I can or not. But so the Arrowwing class integrated runabout captain's yacht, comms nine, structure eight, sensors eight, engine seven, which is not super maneuverable, but it's not bad, I guess. It's certainly better than the shuttlecraft. Shuttlecraft are only four. Five, seven. There you go. The Type Nine shuttlecraft is a seven. That one's pretty maneuverable. I don't have stats for the shuttle for for the for combat shuttles. Like I don't, I don't have that. But, um, well, what what do you what do you mean by combat shuttles? Well, uh, like peregrines. The peregrines. Yeah, okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't have the stats for that in my in front of me. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, clearly, it, I, I when we talked about it, I wasn't sure. I didn't understand. I think how much that facet of the character was integral to the character's development mm -hmm. like it's certainly a thing we can look at doing more of but uh, especially during combat with like the klingons because a, a borel class ship is not much bigger than a, a peregrine i don't think um there is definitely room for the small craft that are maneuverable um but as far as talking about the rivalry between silva and shajin um, we have seen it a little bit on screen um how has that played out for you guys like how have you how you felt felt that has gone so far we've had like one small conversation i don't I think there's really much yeah, to I mean, say about I, it it felt very one-sided to me like uh it seemed like i was trying to stir shit up and oh, okay and yeah. and shajin was being a professional and that's really all it all it came <laughs> down to which is which is fine but yeah. it's boring right, right. <laughs> it, it's something i would like to see more of but it requires more shuttle based stories agreed yeah there has not been much with shuttles um, uh, and and i what i was going for with shajin was may, maybe a little integration of of say like a, a battlestar galactica uh you know cag wing leader or whatever whatever they were called in there but also right. taking heavy influence from um paris on voyager towards the end when he had his fancy fighter ship because it was a fighter craft yeah. it was it was not just a, a runabout because they had those it was a yeah. distinct solo fighter the craft. delta it was, was it the delta, the de wing, the delta it was? wing yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was it was a corvette with weaponry it was yeah and, and, and I, it, I will say that voyager is pretty much you talk about you discount all of next uh, the original series i discount pretty much all of voyager mm. <laughs> i hate voyager mm. But uh, give me a list of episodes that that you want that you're that you're referring to, and I'll take a look at them. But but also, I had I am really looking forward to the uh, to the to the you know the the conversation about fighter craft because I have a lot to say. Well, about one that. one thing I think we should settle out of character, even if we don't settle it in character yet, is maybe where their spheres of responsibility are if we want them to be different. Because I definitely feel like. Um, I def we kind of rectified this last session, but before that, it had definitely been an issue uh, where uh, 
Malini didn't pilot the shuttle because we didn't have much need for more than one shuttle mm-hmm. pilot. Yeah. Um, so what if we what if we make it so uh, Malini's job is to pilot shuttles shuttling and then Jissa's job is to pilot the arrow wing when in combat situations. Yeah, we could say that. Okay. I mean that's, that's kind of how it's that's kind of how it's written on the sheet currently, but that is it. Yeah, I, I think so. But we haven't I mean, been it, doing it that way. It, just has just been piloting the shuttle whenever it's nece- whenever it's needed. Yeah, I, I think I think the problem is, and it's and it's a problem that is at least eighty percent on on my side. Um, is that I I I want I want Jisa to be something that this game under under your admiralship really doesn't allow. Sure. <laughs> um, so Jisa is not really the character that I that I had intended her or, or yeah had had hope for her mm-hmm. to be. So I don't really see where she fits in because I don't think there's really any reason to have a dedicated shuttle pilot. It's not interesting. Anybody can pilot a shuttlecraft right. if you're just going from point A to point B and there's really no problems. You don't have to worry about fancy maneuvers. Sure. Uh, it, you're you're literally just a taxi driver. You don't right. really need that narratively and anybody can do it <laughs> right They're not that i like i only like them really i like i like them because i like secondary characters but i like the character being i like the characters as shuttle pilots they don't have to be but i like them as shuttle pilots because it does end up you end up with that fish out of water moment where you've got the the character who is on an away team mission who is a shuttle pilot who is now doing something else um, again, though, you're right you don't need them they're not necessary i just i like that dynamic but i, I can't think of any 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 main character or any main side character, any reoccurring side character that was just a shuttle pilot. Anytime we see somebody who is just a shuttle pilot, they either get to where they're going or go back or get to where they're going and die immediately. <laughs> Otherwise, they have one yes. of the main characters piloting the shuttle and mm-hmm. they do it just fine because it's right. literally the first thing you learn in, in Star Trek Academy. Right. Nog can pilot a shuttlecraft like two weeks into <laughs> into right. his, his Academy stay. So it's... You don't one really of the need that, a shuttle pilot. The, no, but one of the things that makes it interesting, and again, this is, it's not a necessary story element that we don't need to, but I, it's one of the ones I kind of like. Um, the command department is pretty much, everyone's been a shuttle pilot at some point. Riker started as a shuttle pilot. Jordy was a shuttle pilot for a while. Even Picard did shuttle piloting for a while. Um, so it's one of those things where these characters should be, they, the mentality for these characters, I think, should be, um, they're here now, but where are they going to go to? Um, again, you're right that that is not 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 not, not a necessary storyline, but uh, it is a potential storyline for them. So I, I don't disagree with you on any particular point. I'm just, um... but at, at the same time, I I I really enjoy shuttlecraft based episodes mm-hmm. uh, because they kind of do have that sort of uh, submarine type feel yeah. to them, or or when a shuttlecraft crashes and and as you said you people are are forced sort of out of their fields of expertise right um well i think i think part of the issue might be that we haven't had much in terms of space combat at all yes yeah Yeah. i I would love to see more more ship Uh, combat the only issue i have with like again mechanically speaking the reason i'm not really keen on fighter craft i mean one there really aren't any rules for fighter craft um they just operate like normal starships, and they. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure how that would really play out because what happens on screen, what the rules allow for, because mm-hmm. shuttlecraft in the show or fighters in the show basically last about like 
four seconds on screen before they are just popped off in mass. Well, the the problem the problem with with space combat in Star Trek is that it's wildly narrative. It's wildly narrative, and the the strength of ships is very varies wildly on the narrative. We've right. seen peregrines get blasted out of the sky by a by a Galar class, right. uh, but we've seen runabouts which have significantly less shield and armor survive multiple hits right well yeah especially when there's main characters on them <laughs> yeah. yeah so so uh, their 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 power is is dictated by plot so there is there, sure. the argument that peregrines are just going to get blown out of the sky with one hit is facetious because well, it, yeah, it's, it's dictated it's, by plot it's dictated by narrative the problem that you run into is if you take mechanically speaking if you take uh the Arrowwing and the Europa, the next, the only way to combat that, the, the only way to have that be an interesting encounter will slow combat down to the point of it being a D&D combat. Mm-hmm. Um, because now you're talking about a lot of, a lot of, a lot more actions going on between multiple ships. Well, now. see, see what, what my idea was, and I don't know if I ever <laughs> expressed it properly, was no. that I thought it would be interesting to have a full wing of peregrines that sure. are really under the command of of Jisa. There are there are like six to twelve of these things, but they count as one entity when it comes to when it when it com- when it comes to a, a a combat turn. So they can right. take damage, and that would mean just as we've done with red shirts. Oh, we this entity, this stat block has taken some damage. That means we don't we no longer have twelve peregrines in the wing. We only have ten now, and sure. they only get one action, but it's a coordinated strike. Or, or something like still that. stands in that that's twice as many actions because the Europa is still in that situation. Yeah, it's it's a matter of we, if True. I'm I'm up for the idea of coming up with a set of cohesive rules. There aren't any currently, but mm-hmm. a set of cohesive rules that would keep combat swift. Because one thing I hate about a lot of RPGs is that combat breaks down into uh, just slogs, and I don't mm-hmm. like sloggy combat. Um, I like it for things like what we talked about earlier. We were and we were off camera. We we're talking about XCOM. I like it in XCOM. I like that kind of tactical thing. But for role playing, I think pacing is more important than uh, than the the, the minutia of tactical combat. I think it's important, but I think the 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 narrative is more important. Well, we so could if we could come up with a way to do that narrative combat with, with an sure. assumption that we come out on top. And and it is it's we, we can still have mm-hmm. roles in, in in some in in situations, but we don't need to go. Okay, every everybody on on the bridge gets an action, and then everybody in each of the each of the shuttlecrafts gets an action, and then right. each of the enemy ships gets an action. I mean, we, we can kind of settle these things narratively and just have it be an interactive, a cooperative storytelling moment, right. where which we, we each... have done largely so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would like to do actual like spaceship combat at some point i i like the spaceship combat in this system and as far as i i totally get some of the issues my take on the the shuttles in this system is they're not very powerful you your roles are not going to you are very unlikely to succeed just because their stats are uniformly terrible um they don't they're not going to blow up too easily though because this system very much is weighted in terms of ships not exploding you have to take uh, even with a shuttlecraft you need to take two um two two um breaches breaches in each system before the ship is destroyed 
So, you know, it, it's going to get damaged and it's going to do it, but it's a shuttle. It doesn't really matter in the long term. Right. Well, and that's also because that's where we're assuming, again, narratively speaking, not narratively, I'm sorry, mechanically speaking, you're, you're looking at if you're going to be doing the role playing aboard a star, aboard a shuttlecraft, it's going to be the, the main crew, right? It's going to be the main cast. Yeah. If we're doing a wing of peregrines, I like the idea of, you know, the, or a wing of shuttlecraft or whatever it happens to be. The, you know, I spend two, th- two I spend two um, momentum and that peregrine over there takes the hit and it's blown up. Um, Essentially, being more of like an almost like an ablative stat, um, it's something to think about. I, I can certainly come up with some some ideas and way to work it in. Um, I there is some there are going to be some times in combat where I don't know how I want the combat to go. So some having some more of the mechanical combat is going to be interesting. Um, but you're right. We do so far. We have done a lot of narrative uh, starship combat. The little bit of starship combat we've done has been largely narrative. As um, as far as turn economy. We could just do it that everybody gets one turn, regardless of what ship you're in. Yeah, that's kind of my read of the rules as it is. Isn't that how it? So that's works? how we've been doing it. <laughs> that's pretty but, much how we've but, been doing it. But yeah, but um, that, and that's how it's supposed to be read. But that wouldn't increase the amount of actions because everybody would still just be getting one turn, regardless of what ship you're in. Right. Right. So, so. E- either either I as Jack could have Jisa do something or have Ambrose do something. Right. right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'll come up with some stuff. I'll, I'll throw together some some house rules to see what we can do. And Jack, if you've got ideas, feel free to throw them out, and we'll we'll discuss it and figure it out. Like we've got some time. I don't. I do have some starship combat I want coming up, but clearly Europa currently does not have a fighter wing, um, and it may be something that we acquire short term from the starbase, or yeah. even just the arrow wing and a couple of shuttles go out, and and mm-hmm. who, shuttles don't matter. I mean, we've Vo- we've seen Voyager them... had like what six shuttles and went through like thirty five of them in a series. Of, yes, really. it is. It is. They can they can fabricate shuttles super quickly with uh, with industrial replicators. It's it's not a problem. Um, but I I've I've always been in the camp that if 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 a player has something interesting they want to do, you shouldn't not allow them to do it because there's no rules for it. I agree. Um. The reason I haven't allowed it so far is because um, one, I had I wasn't really sure what you wanted to give him. I didn't. I don't think that was very clear to me. Um, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing. That that's just yeah. sure. And two, like again, like I said, looking back at next gen and the majority of Deep Space Nine until you get into later seasons, shuttlecraft or firecraft aren't a thing because they weren't needed. Because they weren't needed. They're yeah. they again. It comes down to the the technology of the universe. It doesn't seem to really make a whole lot of sense to have them. They do make sense in larger combat. It's like, to some extent, it's more targets. Um, and, you know, even if it just carries one torpedo, that's one more torpedo. Um, the Peregrines can carry four standard complement. Right, I'm, I'm like just saying... Just, right, I'm just saying from a... Again, you're looking at... I've done a, a lot of research on Peregrines. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a great video that Brian shared that I, I watched the way yeah. through that yep. pretty much hits all the points I have. It, it's They're not the end of the world, but they're definitely not the Battlestar Galactica style where... See, when I watch that, that video, I think the pros outweigh the cons. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have different takeaways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, um, in a since we're in a war zone with the Klingons at the moment, I can certainly see there being a a call for them, at least in the short term, to to get that storyline going. It may not be a permanent storyline, but I can certainly mm. I can certainly justify doing it and seeing it. And I think it would be a fun uh, a fun moment on camera, a fun several moments on camera. Um, 
Okay. I, I, I don't make sure wanna... that we're doing it in a way that makes sense and and plays out so that everyone is still getting their their moment in the sun mm-hmm. without making it so that I have to in order to in order to have mechanical competition with the ships and make the combats interesting and narrative uh, uh, interesting and um, paced well that you're not fighting two Vorcha classes in order to make the, the statistics work out. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, if every player in the game has hero points and can get advantage in every role and they have sneak attack and every, all the characters have sneak attack, then, you know, the, the cockatrice is far less important than it used to be. It's far less, it's far <laughs> less a threat than it used to be. Um, so it's, it's about balancing the encounter. And I want to make sure that we're, when we're balancing the encounter, when I'm, when I'm creating the encounter that I'm balancing it for, <laughs> Double the amount of fire, you know, weapons firing, and and two ships being attacked now, and 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 so because when I add another ship, I'm adding twice as many breaches that have to be happen, not twice as many, but more breaches that have to happen, and more everything else in order to maintain the narrative pressure. Um, it well, makes we, sense if we're doing group combats, like you're fighting two or three morels or cavorts or whatever, but if it's a one-on-one encounter, it really. Um, it becomes very one-sided, mechanically speaking, when you guys have that that advantage. So it's, it's a thing to think noting, about. It's worth noting it's pretty one-sided as it is. Like, it takes uh, 30 mm-hmm. breaches to destroy a ship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like, I, I feel like it's already both mechanically, and I've only delved into the mechanics very little, uh, yeah. but also narratively, even, even, you know, based on the shows, that it's heavily weighted towards the good guys succeeding and that doesn't necessarily mean blowing up the other ship because it rarely comes to that outside of full-on war it's usually you do enough damage you take down the shields and one of one of you runs away um so but there's the the thing that you have to remember though is again the narrative tension right so if you've got two ships that's way less likely that a morale is going to decloak at all Mm -hmm. um if they know that they attack the europa and you're now fighting two ships not one um or within one round you're fighting two ships not one that is they shouldn't know that they're fighting multiple ships at a time until they decloak and we scramble our peregrine wing. Right. We look like one ship and then they get and 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 sure. again my but my reputation, reputations are built. Like, sure, sure. Okay. So like but the enterprise is a known we, ship. The 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 thing is we have we have extended we, we you built the the Europa to have extended cargo bays and extended shuttle bays, yeah. Shuttle sure. Uh what is the point of that? If we don't use all that shuttle space for interesting shuttles, uh, when when you could have more inch, when I when I think there are there are more interesting things you can you can buy on the ship, sure. Um, and 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 as far as keeping up narrative pacing, if it, I agree, if it if it's just the Europa and the Arrow Wing, you you can't really destroy one of them or it's going to be a problem you're going to lose a main character and it's going to be a whole thing but if right. we scramble a peregrine wing and yeah we're we're popping off peregrines here and there there's one to four people in all of those ships you right. blow up one of those ships people are dying it should be narratively tense theoretically yeah now again I, i'm saying i'm not i'm not opposed to the idea of doing it i just mm-hmm. need to come up with a way that's going to make it sure uh I keep that idea. narrative tension so I, I, I mean, I have an idea for logistically how we can make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the space station needs some runabouts? We have runabouts and they have some spare uh, fighters. So we trade our runabouts, trade a couple runabouts for a, fighter, a couple fighters, maybe four. Um, getting a getting a fighter wing on the ship is not. A, I mean, it wouldn't be. A, it wouldn't be complicated. Like he's he's right. There, the ship does have the extended shuttle base. Um, I did that mostly because 
Um, the, the mentality of why that, that attribute is there is it's space on the ship. This is a ship that doesn't have as many people on it. It's way less staffed. We can go ahead and take out some of the rooms and put some shuttle bays in. Um, that's literally the only reason it's there. It's just take up space on the ship. And I added more shuttlecraft. Like, you have a wider selection of shuttlecraft. Yeah, but um, they're all pointless shuttlecrafts. <laughs> sure, sure. Again, though, that's one of those things where the ship is, you don't start out with the baddest-ass ship on the planet. Like, the, even the Enterprise upgrades over time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of the mentality of, like, you can do more with the ship uh, over time. And if one of the things the group wants to do is add a Peregrine Wing, at least temporarily, I don't have an, I'm not necessarily, I'm not, like I said, I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea. It's something we can certainly do. I just want to make sure that when we do it, if we do it, it fits both narratively in story and keeps the combat narratively interesting. Um, those are my only real concerns with it as far as mechanics go. Like, um, I don't, I, am not invested enough in the idea of shuttlecraft being useless things that shouldn't exist, not shuttlecraft, but fighters being useless things that shouldn't exist in Star Trek. I'm not invested enough in that story, in that, in that fight to, to be like, no, never, my foot is down, it's the end of the world. But um, when I started out the game, like it was not a mentality I had because it's not a thing that I think Star Trek really highlights in any way. But it can be interesting. Um, and I don't, I don't like, want to come on too strong. We don't need to shoehorn it in there if it doesn't work. I just think if it sure. doesn't work, Shajin ju- doesn't work. Sure, so sure. So I'd, I'd right. have to, you know, I'd have to make a, a different character or really... Play around around with Jisa, so right. It, it, and it's it's one of those it, things I'm too. Not, like... I'm not I'm not saying ultimatum, but I think it really comes down to either scrapping Jisa or getting a, a, a right. Peregrine wing, and that's, that's actually... not an ultimatum. I'm fine right. either way. I think the idea of having the wing and then scrapping Jisa could be interesting. Like we get the the fighter wing, we do the you know during the Klingon War, and when the war is over, assuming that it's over, because I have no I've written no end to it at the moment. Um. You know, while that is going on, it could be interesting an interesting story element. And when it's over, maybe that's when Jashin, uh, Shajin moves on. Or Shajin, whatever. Jisa. Shajin, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jisa Shajin. Moves, yeah, moves on with the wing and goes on somewhere else. And, and it gives you an opportunity to both have to gotten her story played and then to move either up in the ranks with her character or to move on and make a new character. So it's, it's an option. Yeah. So. One one other food for thought. Um, I did give Silva um, helm operations. So one other thing we could do if we didn't want to go in the direction of the shuttles is Jisa could just take the primary on shuttlecraft overall, including you know just all all shuttle missions, and then we can just have Silva bouncing between uh, backup helm, backup shuttle, whatever's necessary at the time. Well, with um, with Fox being off the ship at the moment, Silva probably is going to be moving up to that position. So that that's why I took it. <laughs> I figured right. that might be necessary. So um, yeah, I I just don't want to relegate Jisa to just being a a, a chauffeur. Sure. Basically, I'd, I'd rather her, right. you know, just just go off and like be be uh, transferred to the station uh, as you know their their peregrine wing to defend the station sort of right. situation if we're not going to use her i'd i'd hate i hate it because she I, I actually put a lot into that character i i think uh she she's she's really one of my favorite characters yeah uh, of my side characters and we really haven't had a moment for her to shine too much and i i would like to play her more but if right. it doesn't work then it doesn't work but i i don't want to have a character that I I really like that I put a lot into just be a chauffeur. So if we're not going to use her the right. way that she's intended, I'll just 
we can write her off screen and I'll, I'll make something else. It, it, right. Well, like I said, I, I think the idea could be an interesting role-playing moment. It could be, it could be some interesting storyline combat heavy episodes to have a peregrine, excuse me, a peregrine's nest kind of deal. Um, it's certainly something I can look into and, and see what I can do with it. Um, and if I, honestly, if I can't come up with it, I'll let you know and we'll, we'll figure out yeah. a, an exit for the character. But, the more I think about it, the more I like the idea of going back to the station and swapping out some of your shuttlecraft for a, a fighter wing. We were in a combat zone, and there are only so many ships out here. So um, I think I think we've only got like four ships in the entire four Federation like starships in the sector. So um, thing to think about. I can I can definitely work with that. Um, I think that's covered basically everybody except. Um, like I don't, there's not, I don't know if there's a lot for Daphine to talk about at the moment. O'Connor, I don't know how much you got for that. Not really. I'm still trying to feel her out and figure out what I want to do with her. She's uh, still, she's still developing. Yeah, we've got Varen, which I don't think I've even, I don't, I don't that character's never come up. I don't think, or barely come up, right? Yeah, she, she was, she was in the background of one, you know, science briefing. I think mm -hmm. she had she had one line I think in it. That that was it. What do you envision for that character? Like, um, really, I was I was thinking it would it would be interesting to explore you know lost lost cultures have a have a sort of picard on on risa sort of sort of moment when he when sure. he meets meets vash for the mm. first time or whatnot or or a sort of uh vulcan indiana jones thing going on so really um, she should have been on, on the station <laughs> probably mm. yeah um because she, her whole thing is she's a she's xeno anthropologist and archaeologist and uh, I figured it since this is more or less a science ship that we mm -hmm. may come come up with that kind of we may you know find that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I figured it would be she she would be one of the people to come to to research uh, unknown cultures, whether they be lost cultures where we show up to a planet that's full of ruins or right. uh, or uh, pre warp culture uh, to to go in as a as a you know undercover. Uh, mm -hmm. anthropologist like like in that that one episode of uh of uh, enterprise uh or, or, or i mean i think every every season has a, yeah, hey, yeah let's go and hang out with yeah. these pre-warp people um it, it we just really haven't had her moment to come up and it it, it yeah. does come down to exploring culture and exploring the history of unknown space cultures so here's the only question i have with that like i like the idea obviously i clearly like the idea but um with Ambrose being largely involved in a lot of that early context, like the, so, for example, the station. Obviously, the station was a better place for Ambrose to be than her because mm -hmm. potential threats. Um, do you see a time when she will be able to shine? When you can set Ambrose aside and play her, or is do you think it's largely going to be one of those things where Ambrose is probably going to be the more common? I mean, clearly he's the main character, your, your main yeah. character, but. Yeah. Um, since you're playing both characters, you would have to set Ambrose aside in order to play her. What about um, when Ambrose gets promoted? She might come more into play then. That's true. Perhaps. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of something I've struggled with, with how this game is is run, because I can see Ambrose being in pretty much every situation. Sure. Um, right. I mean, he's, he's the first officer. He, he can handle himself in any situation. Uh, but I also don't see any reason why I couldn't have multiple characters in the same space, mm -hmm. uh, as long as they don't really need to interact with each other all that much. Uh, sure. I, I could easily see... Uh, you know, while while Ambrose was on the station doing security stuff, Ren could have been helping out um O'Connor. O'Connor mm -hmm. uh with with Agreed. with collection. And there were moments when those two parties were split. It wasn't until after the whole murderous robot rampage that those two parties came back together. Right. Uh, so even if even though they're in the same overall narrative location, they can still split up and do do their own right. things. Absolutely, I agree. Um, it's a thing to think about. Just you know, I think part of the reason we haven't had her come up is uh, I one forgot she was there. Sure. Um, and I don't make the I don't make the away teams. You guys do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and if we're gonna have those moments where Hage takes Dasavi out to lead a team and leaves Ambrose on the ship, that opens up opportunities for Vren as well. Yeah. And and obviously or honestly, I will say that I did kind of struggle with making secondary characters because it is so alien to how I. Uh, it's a very different game system to what I'm used to playing. Mm -hmm. um, and when I think of NPCs, I, you know, for, for my games, uh, I think of them more in, in this fashion, that they are support characters that are in the background kind of doing their own things until they need to be interacted with. Uh, and they're, they're kind of really specialized in, in what they do. Uh, and I, I think everybody else had so many other great characters and so many other positions filled that I was kind of sc scrambling to find positions on the ship that I could that I could fill uh I, I think Tong really is the only only one that I I feel really strongly has a, a concrete place on the crew and on the ship uh right. everybody else I was kind of like well I need to come up with with three to three to four more supporting characters and I don't know uh, a hologram and a and an anthropologist <laughs> and and a fighter pilot that would be cool um right. but there's really no precedence for any of my other three three characters. Four, if we include Renewal, um, right. so yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I'm when... not. I, I've put as I said before. I've put way more thought into Ambrose because he's my main character right. than I have side characters. They're right. they're kind of there if we need them, uh, and and if if we do want to write them in to be more prominent like like we kind of have with tong that that would be cool but yeah. uh again the I, idea I, behind I, having these characters is like one star trek the 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 game is kind of designed to have characters that you sort of like there's a mechanic for just making a character on the fly and mm -hmm. having this other character fill in the, the scene i have found that that never gets used um in any of the games i've run and even the games like brian when you were running it like i don't well why i don't know if it was even a rule you were using but it doesn't fit. It doesn't feel natural to me. So I, I wanted the idea of having you guys create them ahead of time so they were there. And if they don't get used, they don't get used. But I, I the idea of having that depth on the ship is really what I was going for. So, um, I mean, if you never use Vren, it's fine. I don't. It doesn't bother me. But I think it could be an interesting character to have come up because it's another another character for the crew to interact with to have another perspective on what's going on and have more depth on the characters, more depth on the ship. Um, that's really all I'm interested about. Um, as far as on the ship, um, 
we've got family written down on our sheet, but I don't remember how many of these are on the ship and how many of them are not. I probably should actually mark that in. But we've got Jorad's wife, Jorad's children, Yezabeth's father, who I know is not on the ship. The, yeah, none, none of my family are on the ship. Okay. Yeah. I, I assume none of the fiends are on there. Dasavis are not on there. Dasavis were originally written to be on there, and then we had an in-character, on-camera discussion with with Dasavi and Jorad where Jorad talked about, oh, you must miss your family. I'm like, all right, well, I guess my family's not in the ship. I'm sorry. No, I it's okay. Me. Totally okay. I, I rewrote some shit. I made it work. It's all good. Do, I remember us having tentative plans to bring mm. your daughter on the ship at some point. Yeah, my oldest, because my oldest is in Academy. Yeah. So the storyline you like to actually see happen is where the characters come aboard? We could. Um, I don't. I don't see any reason for Dasavi's youngest or her husband to come aboard the ship. Um, but we could do a scene. Uh, I think Brian, you had talked about maybe wanting to play her oldest at one point. Yeah, I still um, do. Which once, could be fun. Once I get a um, three character slot. <laughs> yeah. Three. Um, so we could have. I'm totally done with that. We could also do something where we have. Um, Oh, my brain is just coming. Like, like, a, like a worse comments. parents come to visit yeah, kind of deal. Right. right. We'll have a Zoom chat with, you know, <laughs> yeah, with the families. I, I mean, it is a Starfleet <laughs> ship. You can, the senior officers can yeah. have family aboard if you guys chose to. I We we sort of discussed that earlier on, and I think we sort of decided that they weren't aboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, there's plenty of rooms. It's a big ship with, you know, nobody right. on it. <laughs> um so yeah, okay. I just wanted to say, like, I know these are the characters that we have. Do we are, are? I don't know if Ambrose has any family. Um, I do have your character history, but I have to go back and reread it. So, um, go I think ahead. the only other of my characters I can think of that has family is Mills has a twin brother who is stationed yeah, Sam, somewhere else. Sam Mills, twin brother, male human, yep. don't have any information for that. So, so this actually reminds me there was something I wanted to circle circle back around. Sure. Um, we mentioned Daphne, uh earlier. And one thing I was interested in exploring with her was the idea that, you know, um, of, that she's got a, a four-person family and that she's trying to find a third, a third wheel on a, four, on a, on a, on a, on a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought we had an interesting start between her and Jissa. I don't know if you were still interested in exploring that. Yes. Um, but... If that if that does proceed, I would love for Petax, uh, Daphne's husband, to come in to come on the ship, and like us to have that kind of scene. You know, what do you think of this person? Would they make a good addition to the family? Or you know, so that's. And I would also like to see Yezebeth's father at some point, but I would want that to be after the thing. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't see Jorad's family coming in if anything i think jorad's family is more interesting if they come after he's uh bit the bucket yeah i was gonna say we should oh, i, well, I absolutely have we should see Jorad's i have every intention of, of his wife coming aboard ship at some point after yeah uh, i think that'd be very interesting so i yeah. think that's a good idea oh uh one other thing i wanted to bring up i had an idea i know i mentioned um jorad living having a, a, a retirement house on a lake i would love mm-hmm. to see that to, uh, make an appearance as a hologram at some time wh- where uh, Jorad and somebody else sits around the lake 
because then once he dies, I want Yezabeth to want to go return to that hologram program to the lake she's she's never going to see. Right. Okay. Bring out the uh, bring out the the gun there. The uh, I can't remember the name of the thing right now, but sorry. The Pav- Pavlov's gun. Chekhov's. No. Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's That's the one. Yeah. Chekhov's gun. They are the Star Trek guy. Chekhov. Yeah. As opposed to Scooby's sword. Right. Nuclear um, vessels. The nuclear vessels. In Dan Alameda. That's what I said. Um, all right. So that's basically, we've covered most every character, unless you guys have another one you guys want to talk about. Um, obviously, we didn't talk about any of John's characters. There's a lot of things I want to see with those, but I'd like, yeah. to, have, I'd like to talk with John about them. Well, on, on the on the matter of, of family, I have written in, uh, Ambrose does have a, a father in the diplomatic corps, but that's really not come up. I would like to do some more, and, and this, this would probably start more off screen with our, um, you know, log entries or letters to home sort of situation. Mm-hmm. I would like to do one of those. Uh, I don't think I've really had a good narrative position to do one of those. And I think every time I'm getting ready to do one of those, uh, scheduling comes up and and things fall apart, narrative falls sure. apart, motivation falls apart. Um, but I, I would like there to be, I, I would like Ambrose's father to come into the picture at some point. Uh, and I did originally write in that he had a, a significant other, a, a girlfriend of sorts, on on Bajor, but there was already so many, so much, so so much stuff happening with our opening two to three episodes, or however long we were on DS9 in Bajor, that I didn't want to shoehorn her in. But uh, right. I, I do think it would be interesting that she does have somebody. He he does have somebody back home uh, right. that he cares about because I I don't want Ambrose to just be that old lone wolf ptsd war veteran Mm -hmm. that doesn't have anybody right i like the idea and hear me out on this one after hage is gone and we have some moments with yazabeth um i think it might not necessarily be a bad idea narratively speaking to have the europa go back to bajor um try to kind of like that's where the europa started Mm -hmm. um that's where all of this this narration started all the storyline started we go back to there to kind of reground ourselves as a crew as a ship and everything else and that could give ambrose an, a, an opportunity to see the family have the core stuff because we did you did actually reference your father to i think the first minister or the second minister at one point in a conversation yeah. and how they were because we had talked about how you were being so di- diplomatic in that moment mm-hmm. um and it would also give a chance for for like uh brian you were talking about like to have that as yezabeth kind of coming to terms with it in a safe environment like she's coming to terms with the fact that now she is she has all of hage's memories and all sorts of things and it it gives us a little more downtime that's in a non-threatening area to explore some of these ideas well i i I like the idea of her coming to terms with it in a non-safe environment but well there would clearly be some non-safe environment as well sure sure but i do like the idea of i know i mentioned this that i thought that the trill uh, authority, the joining symbiosis, symbiosis, commission, symbiosis commission would have a problem with that, and I think that's a perfect opportunity for them to come aboard and right try mm-hmm. and yeah to deal with it. I think yeah. that could be really fun, and I like the stories on Bajor. Like I really, if I hadn't set this in the the Shackleton Expanse, this would have been around Bajor. But I kind of wanted to have our own area to explore and do what I want with, um, at least for a while. Yeah. Um, I'm really waiting for the book. I thought the book was going to come out sooner. I was that was my bad for thinking the the, the um, 
the Shackleton Expanse book was going to come out sooner than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I misunderstood when I did an interview with uh, Jim. I, I I misunderstood what he said. And of course, I, clearly, I didn't go back and listen to the, the interview very clearly. So that's on me. <laughs> um, but that book is coming out, and I want to explore some of that idea. Um, we can we can pop between the two. I've got no problem with that. Uh, the ship is the the ship is the story, right? So the ship will go where where the story really is. And if I run out of stories in the expanse, which I don't know how I would, but if I run out of stories in the expanse, or if I feel like I've got a good story for taking it back, unfortunately, <laughs> the only real issue with that is if you look at the map, and this is where it doesn't make sense. Shackleton Expanse is way over here, and DS9 is way over here. It's like a four-month journey. Yeah. It's like a four-month journey. It's not a short not trip. Can- the map is not canon. The right. map is not canon. We're it's, going this way. I don't know. But, it, but <laughs> even if you don't look at even if you don't look at the map, the 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 it's distance beta quadrant, alpha between quadrant. yeah the the different the distance between Bajor and Earth has been stated, and the distance between earth and where the where the shackleton expanse is at the end of the klingon empire has, has been expanded and it is right. like a four-month journey if you put it together it, it's a huge using, amount of time yeah, yeah. um again though the, the uh, map is pretty accurate speaking. for it being non-canon yeah um again though a uh, uh, narrative you know narrative speed and all that stuff the enterprise goes places that it don't make it doesn't make any sense but yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't have the ship going back and forth like this week. We're in this. We're in Bajor. This week we're over here. It would be, and we're going to Bajor to deal with this thing, or we're going to the Cardassian Empire to deal with these storylines, and then we go back over here to deal with these storylines because the fleet that you're part of actually covers. If you look at the way it's dispersed from the other, there's some maps out there for that too, but it disperses all the way through the Shackleton Expanse up along part of the Romulan border and then on all the way around to the to the um, uh, to the Cardassian border. It is a huge fleet, um, and it's just you know their sector command and all that other stuff. So, um, it's I, I would love to see fleet. more Cardassians because my my favorite antagonist alien group are the are the Cardassians. I love the Cardassians as well. I use them as an antagonist in my Lexington campaign. Um, so I kind of wanted to get away for me, narratively speaking. I wanted to kind of move into the Romulans and Klingons because I never use Romulans or Klingons in my games mm. um, because I. They're the old enemy, and now the Cardassians are the new enemy, and it's always good to hate Nazis. So, mm-hmm. uh, I like that you're doing something different than Cardassians. It seems like Cardassians are very popular as, as a role-playing game antagonist, in yeah. my experience. Well, because it, it's easy to hate Nazis, and they're basically just Nazis. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's very easy to hate Nazis. It's, everyone loves Klingons now. They don't want the Klingons to be the bad guys anymore. Well, everyone's kind of afraid of the Romulans, for good reason, if you read the Way of Deer, a book from the old and you know the last unicorn game stuff um the romans are way more advanced not way more advanced but they're significantly more advanced than we see on screen a lot of times yeah. from some of the sub canon stuff yeah um i like them as a villain i want them as a villain like i that is coming at some point in this campaign cool. <laughs> I, I would love to explore other other races that haven't been fully fleshed out most notably Agreed. the breen and the tholians I love Breen and Tholians, but they have so little screen time. Yeah. And they're both, unfortunately, not in our region. Um, true, true. Yeah. But well, the Tholians, yeah. I could certainly do some stuff with Tholians. Like, I would love to, to have some more on-screen time with Tholians. The Breen, I think that DS9 kind of... Um, they showed up for a few episodes at the very end of the last season. Yeah, and they, they were they kind weren't of really like... fleshed out. 
Yeah, they they just they came in as kind of a, a tacked on thing, and it kind of soured the yeah, flavor to me. They, they were kind of Deus Ex Machina sort of situation. Yeah. We we so needed to up the escalation, and mm. we ran out of other ideas. So let's just throw the Breen in. They have a super weapon that's yeah. Stops so I've kind of I've kind of been turned off to the Breen for that reason, but um, there's certainly some things that could be done with it. Mm. Uh, I actually want to do more some more with the Orion Syndicate. Yeah, all of them could have colonies in this sector Absolutely. it looks like you know it's not possible yeah. for the federation colonizes everywhere i'm i don't see any reason why they wouldn't either right um yeah, yeah there's definitely things that we could do with it and again like i said if i've got storylines that take the ship back to you know the alpha quadrant to do things out there there will be a series of adventures that happen out there and then we'll come back or mm-hmm. whatever like i need the europa to, the, the admiralty is like i need the europa to go out here to do these eight or nine things um, because it's an equipped, sh- it's a ship equipped for these kind of things. You, you, you are a science vessel, a very, very powerful science vessel. Go do these things, and then when you're done with that, go back over there and do those things. Um, there's always room t- for for moving the ship around wherever we want it. I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. Um, like I said though, I'm I like the Klingons as as an antagonist race for a little while. Um, I like them as allies as well, so I want to get back to that at some point. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with the Klingons right now. I just... Um, I'm running... The storyline that I'm running comes from... Or at least, I should say, the seeds of the idea come from a, a novel uh, that I've actually never read, but I've read the wiki for several times. Um, and I like the idea of coming back and visiting um, the end of the Duras line, essentially. Um, what has what has Toral Duras been doing? Toral of Duras been doing all this time, and it actually fits in very much with the, kind of the a mirror of the storyline you were running, Brian. With uh, um, I want to say Kurgan, but that is not the name. Um, the 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 Emperor. Oh yeah, know. the the Alis. No, 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 not that. Gorkin the Gorkin Gorkin, yeah. Um, the not an emperor, but whatever his title was no, in was Star Trek he, Six, was he declared it? he declared himself oh chancellor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted the idea. I like the idea of, of finishing up that storyline and seeing where it went. And uh, I don't like a lot of things they did in that one because the books get kind of crazy sometimes. But um, I definitely wanted just to, to do a little bit with that and see where we go with it. And, um, I've liked what you've done so far, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, agreed. So I don't have much else unless you guys do. Um, mm-hmm. I know I I know I promised to get the stuff up on the Patreon for the people who are listening, and I do have everything written. I just haven't had a chance to actually post on Patreon because I don't know. Like Jack said, sometimes you you get busy and schedules get messed up and motivation mm-hmm. goes away. And um, but I have the Europa Players Bible, the character crew sheet that we want to put up, the Europa itself, and it's all the ship stats that go with that. Um, one race that we haven't encountered yet that we're going to encounter in an upcoming episode called the Lemarians, uh, which actually uh, a player, another player from Brian's game and I basically created to be a character that he wanted to play, mm. uh, and then he wasn't able to play. Um, the Aharen, which are the space whales. Um, mm-hmm. I've got some other stuff. Uh, the adventures are almost all done. I'm just doing layout, um, which I try to do at work, and then I inevitably get where I know how to use uh, Microsoft in, or, uh, Adobe InDesign, which is a program that I don't find very intuitive. And then as soon as I figure out what I want to do, as I'm implementing it, we get a call and I have to go, and then I forget what I was doing. Um, just the way it works when you're doing stuff at work. Um, 
So I will have stuff up on that soon. I do have episodes of the new podcast recorded. Um, they are edited. Uh, I just have to finish putting in the opening and closing trailer stuff and then get those up. Um, I know people have asked about the show on iTunes because um, we're behind, I think, six episodes on iTunes. Um, one episode of which never actually got recorded properly. I have half an episode for that, which I'll put on Patreon. Mm. Um, I guess I have the second half of that that came out okay, but the first half was totally just a disaster. No. Um, so that's And that was the first episode on the station. Fortunately, we do a pretty good recap, um, and a lot of that episode was just downtime getting to the station. So um, I think... Maybe not. Anyway, that half that episode is gone. It's just gone. There's no getting it back. Um, I'll put that half of the episode on Patreon, and we'll get all that stuff up. Um, those are the the raw episodes of those are now up on YouTube. Uh, they'll be accessible through Patreon only, um, and that's just the recordings that you would have gotten if you'd been watching it live. Um, and the edited episodes of those are almost done, so I'll have everything done shortly. It's uh, Adventure Inc. has taken up a lot of my time in the last couple weeks mm-hmm. as well. So we're the shop is getting back online. Um, this is, you know, it's just life is, I don't know how I get anything done. Uh, <coughs> but uh, unless you guys have anything else we want to talk, you want you guys want to talk about. Should we see if the audience has questions or anything? I don't know how many yeah, people. Yeah, feel free. If anybody's out there that wants to ask questions, I actually don't have a list of who's on at the moment. So, um, and a couple people have, a couple people have messaged. Um, I don't know if anybody was still on, but feel free. If you got questions, shoot them our way. We'll answer anything you got. Uh, and if you, I was thinking of questions earlier. Uh, yeah. I would be curious, what is one hollow deck program that we could see involving a, pe- a person's character? Uh, you know, I, I just, I was thinking about what, what hollow deck what holodecks programs my characters would be using and i'm curious what holodeck programs your your characters would be using that might come up in a game at some point yeah hmm. what holodeck program would you be playing in that i could then twist and turn into a holodeck episode <laughs> <laughs> i have never done a holodeck episode on any of the games i've ever run i actually would like to see uh a a holograph trip to andor with uh with jisa and uh why am i always forgetting her name Cass? Daphine? Daphine, yeah. Daphine, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're, uh, they're ski date. I would yes. love to see that somehow oh. go awry. I'm totally here for ski date. We could also bring Cass into it, maybe as an unwelcome... Uh, as, as a third, third wheel. Poor Cass. <laughs> yeah. Actually, having an episode, we're talking about C-plots, being C-plots, an episode where a part of the crew was trapped in a, in a holodeck isn't a bad one i've just i've never run a holodeck adventure because it's so tropey in next gen i just never mm-hmm. did it not to say i don't run trophy episodes i totally do but yeah. it could be fun one of the ones i've never done yeah. what about um what about you Evelyn? nothing i can really think of offhand um in part because i've never really put much thought to it and also in part because i am on the verge of becoming a pumpkin yeah um Sorry. i'm i know you're good i'm just this morning started really early and it was a super long day um so i've been kind of hanging on and listening for the last like 40 minutes i have to get up in five hours so you know oh that's exciting <laughs> well, i don't mean to draw things out if nobody's got anything no that's cool it is a good thing to think about though i will i will have an answer for you eventually um, one thing I want you guys to do, if you can, I know we've talked about some of the focuses and values that the characters have haven't really fit or haven't been uh, exercised well. 
what I'm thinking I'm trying to do is is write episodes with people's values in mind. Um, I am not uh, as a GM. I am not particularly good at at the the values. Like I don't know. I'm not used to finding ways to challenge the values and things like that. So I I it's a thing I need to work on. Um, but it's also a thing that I think that if you guys are thinking about as well while you're playing the characters of how to not just how to use them to benefit yourselves, but how to challenge them in certain ways. I think that could be, um, it's a good way to help think about the, the, the characters. Um, in and in it, that regard, yeah. Um, would it be okay if we just give values to our supporting characters? Because if we have to spend advances on it, it feels like a weird thing to spend because they can't use the values. So it's like, there's no reason to, but I would love to give them values for flavor purposes. But it also feels weird spending in advance on. Something. Oh, see, I was gonna say if you, you spend, they can't use their values. They don't. They don't get determination. Right. So my thing is, is they, the way I look at it, and <clears throat> this is completely the way I, I see it, is the way we're playing the characters. If you give your character a value, uh, using a point, they would then be able to get determination. determination. Yeah, oh, I, I thought okay. that's how that worked. Yeah, that's how right. I. That's how I've envisioned it in my head all this whole time. So. That wasn't um, my read of it, but I might—I I have certainly been wrong in the past, so mm -hmm. I might be wrong. Uh, it's certainly a thing to think about too. Like I, the way, the way I envision the secondary characters is less the mechanics of NPCs, but that's more how you created them, right? It's the other secondary characters. As you spend points in them, they become closer and closer to actual PCs, um, and if they become elevated to full PC status, as in Yesabeth uh, taking over for Hage, you get—you just add on the points you've spent on her to to to. You you add, you make her a main character, and then if you have points that would be able to carry over, like an arc point, you just keep the arc point. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the thing I was doing for Hage, and let me know if this is okay with you. Uh, I've just been banking his arc points because I figure since the symbiote uh, is carrying over, it, those would carry over as well. Sure. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I don't. Okay. As long as you're, yeah. I'm, there's a certain point of doubling up on them. Like, I don't want you to double dip on, on no, if Yezabeth is getting a ton of them and Age is getting them. No, no. She hasn't yeah. gotten any arc points. It's, okay. I've just been keeping track of pages, and then I figure those will carry over. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Um, I have issued arc points to NPCs, to, to the secondary characters as well, but if you're not counting them, it's fine. Oh, have you? No, I, I've only done advancements, which are just bringing them slightly closer to player character status. Right. Yeah, I've done those too, so. Um, yeah, the, after the last session, I gave arc points to at least some, if not all, of the secondary characters. I don't remember. Oh. I missed that. I didn't realize you were. Yeah, I think I missed points. that as well. It's it's only happened I think once. So you now you know. <laughs> um, well, which ones did you give it to? I I missed this completely. I have to look back in the chat. It's in the the Discord chat. Okay, is, it's going to be buried in there somewhere. I think but, I thought you meant advancements uh, instead of arc points. Um, no, if I. Yeah, no, I it was it's it was because that was the end that main storyline or that main storyline that um that three part four part storyline on the station had enough development and almost everybody was involved in it and it felt to me like a good uh as I think Jack pointed out it felt like a point where characters had really made like everyone had kind of made a significant um leap in story so I I thought that was a good time to give an arc point to anybody that any character that needed one. Gotcha. Okay. The only um, thing you said was yes to arc <laughs> arc milestones. Arc. Ah. Okay. Yes to arc milestones all around. 
Yeah. So everybody gets one. Every okay. character gets one. Okay. Is how That's I cool. uh, how I okay. intended that. <laughs> I won't give Elizabeth one now for the double jump reason. Right. We'll put this in here, and maybe eventually I'll actually update any of my characters. Yeah. Because I am bad at that. Does that allow them to go over the maximum for supporting characters? What do you mean? As long as it doesn't go over a maximum for a normal PC, it's fine. Okay. Well, the, I don't think there are maximums for normal PCs. I mean, 12. You can't go over 12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 12 and 5, I think. Right? 12 and 12 and 5. And yeah, I don't, 12 and 5. You can have 400 values for all I care, as long as they some of them come up as negatives. You know, As long as you use them as negatives occasionally. Yeah. We should have there, a total is... of two arcs for our mains. Is that right? Or are we at I three? believe so. Yes, and two okay. two for the mains and one for for side for characters involved side. in the Halloran system. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as uh, focuses and stuff, I know there is a limit to how many focuses you can have. I don't know. I don't remember ever reading where it is, but I'm pretty sure there is. I think it's no. Five? Never mind. <laughs> it's some number between four and ten. Yeah, and I don't know what the number <laughs> is, but um, you would be able to max out any anything that has a limit for a PC is a limit for a secondary character at this point, because secondary characters are just lesser PCs at the moment. Right. Um, and they advance slightly differently because you guys get the advancement points for playing them in sessions. Um, other than that, um, I don't really have much I don't have anything else, and it's 9.30. Yeah, I've, I've got nothing else. Uh, I'm really glad we were able to talk about this. This was uh, mm-hmm. good. Sure. I enjoyed I um, I thank everybody for listening to all my rambling and you know, complaining. <laughs> Appreciate it. It was a good. This episode is a good example of how to, you know, how to communicate with your players and how mm-hmm. your players can communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's an important thing to do when you're running games, um, which. Uh, being that this is an online game with players I don't normally play with, I think it's important to do these every now and then, and we'll probably do some more in the future. So. Agreed. Um, on that note, I don't have anything else. Um, check us out. All the places that we are. Studio, check out Studio Tembo. Uh, I did away with the Star Trek, the STA Engage website, and rolled it into Studio Tembo, but it just redirects. Mm-hmm. So if you use that site, there it is. This stuff will all be up on iTunes. I, I do keep track of that stuff. Um, and I know I'm running behind schedule, like way behind schedule, but, um, the shop is almost done. The last coat of paint should be going on tomorrow or Thursday, depending on who goes and does it. Cause I work all day tomorrow. Um, and if it doesn't get on tomorrow by somebody else, then I will finish it up Thursday. And, um, yeah, we're like a week away from being able to open that back up, which is going to take a lot of my time. And then, uh, once I get that settled in, we'll be able to get back to doing, I'll be able to focus a lot more on this again. So, um, with the shop where it is, it's hard for me to guarantee any kind of uh, anything. But again, like I said, we're almost done. It, like I can actually see the finish line now, and I'm guessing it's going to move at some point because it always does. Um, that that shop is the largest moving goalpost I've ever had. <laughs> but all right, I got nothing else, and uh, yeah. So long, and thanks for all the fish. All right. I'll see you.